I wrote this song. <laughs> yeah, I tell everyone. I um, I just really enjoy it. What porn? <laughs> I love porn. Are you talking about pornography, right? Okay. Oh shit! <laughs> Sorry. Always gets me something. What do you think of this baseline laid down? Nice, it's good stuff. Right? And then look at this. 1984. Watch this. It's always fun to play in front of new people. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Audiences will be able to look back on it in the same spirit with which we view pictures about the first covered wagons crossing the plain. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, Come on, man. three, two, one, zero. We've been hit. This is how valid is the validity. That took me like 10 minutes to make. Nice. Right? Can't you see the love? <laughs> well, guys, I just want you to know this is the last how valid is the validity. Since Biden's jacked this $15 minimum wage up, I'm hitting Walgreens. I've been getting paid $15 an hour. <laughs> No, you haven't until uh, now. <laughs> you know, I thought about this the other day. Uh, you know, you I've watched all these looters, uh, you know, on 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 the YouTubes, on the YouTubes, and and both of them, both tubes. Right. And I don't ever cross them. Got I it. don't ever get my tubes tied up ever. But <laughs> I uh, I was watching and, and watching people go into certain stores. AutoZone was the weird one. I mean, how many people go in there and it's like, let's get all this motor oil I've been wanting for weeks. But I thought about this. I was, you know, what if it was Walgreens that you were in front of? What the hell would I go in there for? Would you go into, would you loot Walgreens? Open Walgreens. No problems. Nobody was ever going to know it was you. Would you go? I mean, is there anything in Walgreens that you would go get? Yeah, deodorant. Stock out a lifetime, <laughs> lifetime supply of deodorant. I mean, you got to be like, are we pre-COVID, post-COVID? Like post-COVID, you got hand sanitizer, <laughs> toilet paper, you know. No masks, in, no masks. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? Boy, I mean, it, Neiman Marcus, you know, something like that. But Wal- I was just like, well, I, would, I don't even know if I'd, I think I would walk over that guy that was in Walgreens way. <laughs> you could, you could, you know, currently you could go in there and loot them for their vaccines and sell them on the black market. Uh, do you have a freezer that, that goes down to negative six thousand or whatever it takes to? You do absolutely. I just need to move or some the, bodies out, uh, of it. or the yes. vaccine cards. More importantly, <laughs> might be a market for that. Oh, by the way, Trudeau. We were talking about this. Trudeau from uh, I think he's I think that's Canadian for Trudeau. Uh, he he's he said that uh, naturally it's to be expected that there's going to be a COVID vaccine passport naturally. 
just one more reason nobody's going to go to Canada ever, <laughs> right? Or still, yeah. or still. <laughs> so what were you? What were you saying? You probably we probably don't remember. What were you saying about when we when we started talking about this earlier? Then you you're talking, like, don't say it now. No, Wait right. till the show. And it's you, so great. And you don't remember? No. And uh, New Zealand. This this last that's week. Right, that's yeah. right. New Zealand had a had the the largest concert since uh covid started they had fifty thousand people at a concert this uh this weekend because they've been shut down they shut the they shut the entire island down i don't know if you know this so if you if you fly into new zealand you they make you go to a hotel right next to the airport and stay there for 14 days before you can interact with anybody else so that's how they've like squashed this thing they're not letting anybody in yeah, unless you live there, and if you're there, you you got you got you got to lock down. If you leave the island, come back. Mandatory fourteen days. Could you imagine what would happen if we would try to make, let's say, a hundred thousand Guatemalans try to stay at a hotel here before they come into the country? We couldn't do it. Look at what they're doing at the border right now. New, but I mean, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Australia light. <laughs> <laughs> it's fosters for beer right. it's fosters for beer yeah. actually um the cdc comes out has come out with this the mask thing i don't masks are not a thing it's it's kind of are we done with the mask it was, it was funny I, I the other day in the gulch i ran into uh, a couple of policemen who were standing in line behind me police people and i asked them i was like so what is the actual mandate situation right now in davidson county and they're like huh oh <laughs> <laughs> not uh, so much she's like yeah we don't really yeah you don't really have to wear well you know there's some restaurants you have to wear them at but it's like we're not going to enforce it we're not going to write anybody a ticket well the governor anything. just said he's 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 recalling it the governor's making all the counties uh, recall the mass mandate now so the, in the cd day. what's that by memorial day which is well so that's a month away mm-hmm. sure. okay so unless you're in williamson county then it's by last labor day yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure williamson county had a mass mandate for two weeks right. around january uh, 25th yeah uh the, but that being said the cdc which is the you know um <laughs> says that the covid cases have dropped by 16 percent. part of that's because now people are dying from other things finally which is that we were waiting for that. Uh, but they, they said now that if you've been vaccinated, that you can go into small groups uh, and, and, and you can go out to eat without wearing your masks. Um, basically uh, stuff that people have been doing for, you know, a really long time now, no big deal. <laughs> nobody gives, nobody gives a shit. But that being said, I will, I think it's really neat because even though I've not really been wearing a mask since I pulled out my gum and stuff with it in my cell phone and stuff a couple of weeks ago, I just was like, I'm done because I can't remember where I put my phone and stuff. I, I'll go into, for instance, Shell Station and I see a guy in there not wearing a mask and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. And so in my mind, that's a thing now. Where you have to walk in and you're you're still whether or not you give whether or not you're wearing it you're still looking around to see who's wearing it who's looking at me who's you know it works both ways right if you're wearing a mask you're like am I a freak now are people are people looking at me like I'm weird or if you're the person wearing the mask and you're not wearing a mask I'm like what's up with that guy so or you got the people that are like say something say something man all right this is Eddie V's dog. I don't want to wear a mask at any piece. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I do kind of feel that way sometimes too. I'm like, 
if this person says something, what am I going to do? I'm just going to put the mask on. But there are a lot of people that are combative. They're, you know, That would be myself. <laughs> I tell them I don't think so and keep walking. <laughs> you don't know me, boy. <laughs> you don't know this guy. Well, I mean, I'm not going to get into a fight about a mask. And somebody's probably just doing their job. You know, and, and, and the way I look at it is there's a lot of people that this is the only opportunity in their life they're going to be able to tell other people what to do. And I want to give that person a second. I will be rude. Wow. I'll just say no, thank That's you. Kind. It it's, is kind. It's very kind. It is you. very kind. I'm going to listen to this person. This is probably their kids probably don't even listen to him. The dog. Obviously, <laughs> the dog does not listen to him at all. Uh, this is what I thought. This is funny. Hey, everybody. Next governor of California. <laughs> What do you She's think hot. of that? Huh? She's hot. I, you know, I thought about this, uh, looking at this picture the other day. I mean, if I did not know that that was a man before, it's still not, still not right. I now, mean, it's I mean, her nose. hair looks nice. It's the nose. You know, be, before Caitlin was around, the nose was still pretty, pretty messed up. So he, there was a lot of nose work done on this. Oh uh, yeah, no, he had he had a ton of nose work done when he was a he. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he and Michael Jackson had the same <laughs> rhinoplasty guy <laughs> on retainer. The yeah. Mike, the, yeah, there was no retainer. They needed a wall. <laughs> yeah, they just kept shaving it down. Yeah, is that what my what 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 did Michael Jackson do to make his nose like that, or was that part of his? Oh yeah, he had, he had multiple rhino, rhinoplasty surgeries. He just kept kept you know shaving God. it down, shaving it down, and then and then then pinching it at the end and bringing it up, and you know, I mean, it's not play doh. But, I mean, right? By, by the time it was done, it was. Yeah, absolutely. Was played up. He could like take it off his face. Yeah, it was like snapped on. Yeah. Oh, that's disturbing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's only mm. ever been two governors that have ever been recalled in the history of the United States. Two, one in 1921, uh, and then 2003 in California with the the Nager. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was actually a total recall. Boom! Oh. Nailed it! Oh. Wow! Come on! Been waiting to use that. Joke. Come on! I was setting that joke up for myself. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. God dang it! Where's the point of writing this shit? If nobody's, if God, let me do the joke. We gotta script, go to a man. commercial. This, this is, is shit's oh all out of whack. Oh, it's not working. <laughs> so that's actually happening, though, right? With Newsom? Uh-huh. No, it's not. It, they, <laughs> so they're they're they got the one point five million. Uh, signatures, I guess, which to me is like Yogi Bear could have signed that thing 60 times. Who's going to go through? Oh, I've went through all 1.5 million. It's different signatures. They all live in California. All right, we're ready to proceed. I wonder if they're going to require IDs for all those people. <laughs> you can't have a total recall unless you know what's going unless you know the people. Yeah. Was, I was going to use that. I know. It would have been so good, too. But thanks for the tee up. So, so is it Gisline or Gaylene? Gisline. I don't think it's either. Gaylene. Gaylene. That's it. I can't get it right. Gisline makes it sound right. Sounds dirty. But Gisline does that sound right? Doesn't actually sound right to me. I like I like Gisline personally. Uh, maybe that was high school, college, possibly. This we Gisling. we uh, we are all we are all. You know what? What is this? David's never been here before, so let's do one. Let's do.
going to make it to trial. So my, my thing is, she doesn't make it. She dies in jail somehow. What do you think? Stay, lives or make, makes it to trial or doesn't make it to trial? Right. So this would be current affairs of somebody that's uh, in prison that I'm completely unaware of. The the uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer girl. What? <laughs> oh, her. Yeah, dead. Never. Yeah. You say dead? Dead. Yeah. Man, I I feel the same way. But I mean, with all the heat that happened with with Epstein, like think about wherever she's being held. Like if that happens, I mean, they're gonna be in the spotlight. But what if it's natural causes? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what if she dies of natural causes of yeah. a rope around her neck? <laughs> That's natural. What about you, Andy? What do you think? Uh, I think she's gonna get the Hillary special here. Eventually. Hillary special. Oh, but. Wait, didn't she ask to be moved though? Okay, like so the other th- th- day, that's that kind of throws a kink in the everything. That, this is uh, this is this is what what's going on right now. So the uh, Circuit Court of Appeals uh, panel in Manhattan expressed concern about light. Uh, there's a <laughs> the guards have been shining a light into her cell every 15 minutes <laughs> to make sure she's not trying to kill herself. Right? I guess you know suicide watch or whatever the case is. They would, but that that didn't. The, the the judge got upset about that, but didn't wasn't enough to let her uh, go on bail before her trial trial in July, but essentially said that the guards now need to shine the light up at the ceiling instead of down in in Jizgin Jizgin. You in there? You dead yet? No sheets for you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, I okay. clearly didn't practice her name before the show. <laughs> I've, oh. been, I've been saying her name wrong since last year, he man. He just likes saying Jizzling. I really do. Right? That's really the, the deal. Yeah, we know. It was, it was a lovely country song, too. Jizzling, Jizzling, Jizzling. All right. Uh, uh, Weaver's going to use that joke, too. Damn it. Stealing all his all jokes. Right. All right, stop. You're making me laugh. I, this has got to be serious. Okay. Damn, okay. So, uh, one word that I did learn... (laughs) (laughs) One word that I did learn how to pronounce this week is the doge. The doge. So, I brought this this up because... I'm sure you're heavily involved. <laughs> totally, totally heavily involved. <laughs> you're totally invested in Dogecoin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big. I'm a big Dozier. <laughs> so, today's doing really well, by the way. I mean, I, I, it's good. He's a good guy to know in a couple of years, I think. Uh, Not today. But. So, no, we were talking about... God, this has been a... What a funny night. Uh, we were talking about what makes cryptocurrencies worth anything, right? So, it's... People accepting it as a form of payment. So apparently, Mark Cuban has been taking Dogecoin at Mavericks games for the last year and a half. 6,000 6, transactions. He keeps them all. He doesn't you know, use them to go back out or whatever. He keeps them all and puts them on their books as a, an investment. So people, like 550% more than last year. So my point being is that Bitcoin is... $55,000 a coin or whatever the case is Do- this dogecoin if people like if people like Cuban and Tesla start taking because Tesla's talking about taking dogecoin for a as a for a car you can right. buy a car with it or whatever the case that's is a, that's a lot of doge that's a lot of doge yeah right but 
it was ten cents. A couple of what what in the in January, people became millionaires. Uh, a couple point, of weeks it ago, it was like point zero zero. It wasn't even a penny, like a month ago. Oh yeah, and then it went up to forty five cents. Yeah. So I mean, people right. put ten thousand dollars in that. You became an instant. You became an instant millionaire. It's insane. Wow. Uh, I'm. I'm I'm so interested in cryptocurrency right now, I can't even see straight, only because uh, somebody else told me the other day, 90%, they went from being uh, about 85% cash to now 90% credit card. They can't even, it's a bar. They can't even keep cash anymore. So these bars and places like that that used to just cram cash in the safe every weekend and take big deposits to the bank, no longer, now you have to show all the money, whatever the case is. And this is coming because I mean, not only that, if you're on Reddit, somebody on Reddit can make this stuff. Out. I mean, this is this is a joke. Well, that's how Dogecoin started, huh? Jokes. The, the, whole, the whole the whole coin started as a joke, which which nobody can still explain to me to this moment in time how that I works. I don't know the specifics, but they literally. I mean. So and again, I'm I'm no crypto. Bring expert. that mic up. Turn it to you. But all the there you, there you go. All the altcoins and the and all the crypto all have something that they're like powered by, right? They represent some sort of software or functionality or something. Dogecoin had nothing. It was just kind of like made up. It didn't have anything behind it. But now it's being used to you know potentially buy cars. It's it's crazy. So question to you: <clears throat> Somebody comes to you. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban comes to you. Yes. As he does. Right. From time to time right. to ask for cons- consultation. Yeah. Conciliary. Advice. Yeah. Let's say he has 600 Bitcoin, whatever the case is, wants you to put on an event. Do you accept a Bitcoin? I, I do not. Would you? From Mark Cuban? Yeah. No. Well, let me think of that. Wait. No. So you wouldn't accept Bitcoin right now? I would not accept Bitcoin right now. Really? No. <clears throat> it's interesting. because uh, It is interesting because there, even though you could turn around, cash it in for 55 grand, you wouldn't take it. No. I, 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 would, I would rather have the 55 grand I could actually just put in my bank. No, I'm but, with you. Yeah. I mean, some people are looking at this as, you know, taking these coins and keeping them as a, an investment. I mean, sure. that's whatever the case is. It's just interesting because we had somebody in here. I don't know. What, I, I know you said you you would do it. Mm-hmm. But there Absolutely. was some, who else? Who, who did we have in here one time? And we asked him. I can't remember who it was. A couple of weeks ago, we were like building a house or something, and he was like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd take a Bitcoin right now." So it's just interesting that that that's what it's going to take for these things to progress, and cash eventually will be it'll be gone, whatever the case is. Anyway, David Fischer, it's everybody. It's the end of the world. It's in the Bible. I think it's the changing of the world. Yeah. You know, it's just the it's just what's you know it's how, cashless society. I think we're kind of getting in this cycle of this, like the pump and dump thing, you know? I mean, how how, how many times are we going to keep going through this cycle where there's some new cryptocurrency that gets jacked up to this huge bubble and then they dump it all out? And then the next, and then what? We go on to the next thing. I mean, how long can we kind of keep doing that? Like, more, how many cryptocurrencies is there going to be up until there's a point where not one of them is worth shit because there's a million of them? You know, is it is it just a fad thing? Is this, I mean... I mean, it's it's only it's it's based on like, the fact of who will accept it for payment. I mean, if you really think about it, you know, gold, any kind of uh, you, and if you have, if I'm not going to provide you a service or make you something, what? then 
you know, if you're service based, for instance, then a group of people can get together and say, I'm going to make this coin. I'm going to well, let's just sure. make this up and we're going to we're going to pass it around this community, whatever the case is. This could you could do this a thousand ways to Sunday. Sure. I mean, it, it, it has value if a group of people says it has value. I could pay you in, you know, Wheaties or whatever know, pop, the case pop is. Tarts if we said that as the value, right? Sure. Well, anything's only worth what somebody will pay for it. But. Sure. Or or accept right. or accept for it. Like I, you know, if you, it, it's it's bartering is what money is. But people are starting to really realize that now because just like the you just said. How in the hell does this even happen? I mean, you just all these years we've been doing cash and right. you know whatever the case is. But it's interesting. In the world, banks are doing it. Credit card companies doing it. Uh, David Fischetti, everybody in the in the house. This, this is here. a guy. This is a guy that uh, it, it helped me in a thousand different ways to Sunday. But you know, creating um, productions for corporations and private events and those types of things. And obviously, last year was a. A beast. So we're going we're gonna to take a quick break real quick, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about uh, the future of events and live streaming, and it's pretty neat stuff. We'll be right back. Sponsors of How Valid is the Validity. Audison Amplifiers. Feel it. Hertz Marine and Car Audio. Hear what you've been missing. Verdoliac Law Group. Let us help you. Aurora Nutriscience. True Liposomal Supplements. Guidance Whiskey. Look for guidance. Sony Mobile. Next Level Car Stereos. Titan Motoring. Customize whatever you drive. Whiskey Culture. Learn more about the drink you love. Chris Weaver Band, live and streaming entertainment. How valid is the validity? Every Wednesday night, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, on Facebook and YouTube Live, or download wherever you podcast. And I say King. Stai ascoltando. Anata W.E.K.I.R.A.I.M.A.S.U. Estás escuchando. Você está ouvindo. No matter how you say it, you are listening to How Valid is the Validity. Hello, hello, Zadik! Pretty cool, right? The Sonic Up Network was born out of Pivot, right? So Sonic uh, was one of our last clients this year to actually cancel their live in-person event. And so we had already come up with the theme of Sonic Up as this rally cry, right? Uh, as the theme for this year's in-person convention. And so when it finally pivoted about uh, three months ago to a all virtual event, you know, I came up with this idea of saying, well, what if it was a Sonic Up network and every single presenter that came on was a different TV show on that network. And since we're in the virtual space, we can really do that with the, the green screen technology and virtual sets and that's, that's what was really super exciting about bringing these things to life. Four, three, two. It's really a great combination of the trust that you have with the clients for years and years of working together and uh, the ability to say what is possible and what can you do with creativity. And so really excited to have people here today and to see what it is that the Go West team has accomplished. Yeah, that was good. It really is. I mean, the, the work is amazing. I mean, I didn't realize how big of a... I mean, I knew it had to be big, but I didn't realize how hard is it to travel with that? 
And to put that up, yeah, I mean, it's got to be immense. Yeah, it was immense. And, and you remember that that was just as people we were starting to come out of people maybe wanting to travel. This was October of last year. So people were super, super tentative about traveling, crew members and things like that. And we had about 50 people that traveled out there for that show. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and a lot of trucks, a lot of gear. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, is it so? One big question I have. Uh, the production, I mean, it's basically television, right? I 100%. mean, one hundred percent television. One hundred percent. So, so in that regard, <clears throat> how much is the future in in your mind going to have to be how people experience it at home, right? So, you know, one one thing is like you you spend all this money uh, making these big productions and stuff, and realizing that a huge percentage of people are trying to enjoy it from their phone. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you lose some of that, the sound and, and the right. Sure. So, you know, I, I not only want to talk and, and I know Phil, maybe you can chime in on this too, but I, I not only want to talk about the ability because producing television is producing television. Yeah. The, the key that, you know, in the future, this thing is people experiencing what you're trying to, to put out. Have sure. you seen anything in that regard or where, where, you know what I'm talking about? Like how 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 are you going to help people experience it? Sure, at home. But, but I think you know the question is that it, it, it's television because we had to figure out how people experience it, right? And we're we're talking specifically about you know the, the pivot inside of like large corporate events. And I think a a lot of people, um, a lot of people just thought that doing a virtual event meant taking what you would have done at a normal live event, putting a camera on that and pushing it out. And that's, that's not what it is. Right. And, and, and you have to figure out first, how am I going to engage? How do people engage with the screen? How, how do I get them to be, you know, in this program that I'm doing? And so for us, for me personally, it's like, we all know how to engage with the screen. We've all been doing it since we were kids. We know what to do with a TV, right? We know what to do with Jimmy Fallon and with Ellen and with SportsCenter. We get that. So how do we take those elements from broadcast television and bring that into a corporate environment in a way that feels authentic to whoever the brand is, doesn't feel over the top cheesy or too expensive, right? Each one is a, is a, is a, is a custom deal. And then it is figuring out all those ways to reach through the screen to engage with the audience members, whether that's bringing them into the production, you know, remotely or whether it's, Hey, um, you know, we're giving out awards at the show and the top three people, when it's their time for the award, there's a, at the front door and somebody standing there with their, you know, Ed McMahon with publisher oh, shit, yeah. right. Handing their trip. Right. So how is it you can break down that fourth wall as it, as it were, and really connect the people virtually. So it doesn't, What I was talking about in like in your world, especially, you know, people spend so much money on car stereos or their house or whatever the case is to to theaters, you know, in their homes or whatever the case is. And and one thing I, you know, you, you people don't maybe necessarily realize what you pivoted to last year from going to, uh, you know, big events where you actually just take the sets and you and there's 3000, 20,000 people there, whatever the case is. And my and again, I I kind of reiterate the fact that you know maybe you maybe you haven't looked maybe this technology isn't there yet or whatever the case is, but they're they're talking about. I've seen the headphones that that 
sit right here and you're supposed to be able to feel the bass and you're and, and hear stuff that more so than even putting like a, a set of cans on oh 100 percent. i i have those yeah yeah so is that but, is that but, something that works I oh mean, bone conducting yeah because you know i'm, I'm 56 years old I, I started out this my my business 36 years ago as a nightclub dj my ears are shot right and because of that i have like these little you know you know there's a little place here in, in town called Eargo that sells like these little you know, hearing aids without a prescription that help me hear better. Well, if you have something in your ears, you can't put earbuds in. So you have to use bone conducting headphones. Oh. Those are the only things you can use. And it's amazing. It's truly amazing at how much, uh, how clear they are. And the crazy thing is if you block the sound, if you actually cover your ears, it gets louder in your head. Right. Even though it's it's out here connected right. to your head, it gets it gets louder. It's 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 really so you uh, have tinnitus. The ringing. Yeah. And that's these things actually help with with that. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so um, I was I remember I was I was hiking up at Radnor and it was snowing. Right. And I had I had you know, like big earmuffs over my my ears and um and, and I had these things on and I could hear perfectly. And the people I was talking to, uh, you know, because I had something, a mask on, they could hear me fine because it's all just a resonating cavity inside my head. Holy it's using, it's using your brain, your, your, your skull to, to, uh, you know, amplify the sound in and out. Pretty cool. Holy cow. Yeah. That is pretty Bone cool. conductors. Now you said you had to pivot to try to engage. So uh, and you're talking about Chris. You're talking about most people are are watching on their phones, right? Yeah. So so you're kind of taking some of the audio. It, it's just very different from like a live, right? Like live, it's all about the acoustics and all of that. Like, is it been more visual? You've kind of had to pivot more visually with like the sets and the visual interactions to try to you know grab people. Well, I, th I think it's not not even so much the sets as is, but what is the content that you're creating, right? But to make it feel like a TV show, right? How how do you how do you, you know, create elements that that pop in over, over the shoulder if you're doing like a newscast? How do how do you make right? So you you're looking at all those shows, and and so a lot of times we'll we'll emulate the vibe of a show to make it feel like make it feel like Ellen, or make it feel like Sports Center, or make it feel like. 60 minutes or something like that so people go oh i recognize this i know i know how to engage with this right and if we create the content that flows into it the same way it it makes that connection right and so my thing and you know i thought about this when i was looking at your stuff and thinking about that is because again you know you're putting all this effort into um the thing about sonic especially and i can say because i've been there before is especially during the games, for instance, how much energy is in the room, mm -hmm. right? And I don't know that. And my thing was, if you, and, and maybe this is just out, so far outlandish at, as far as where technology is right now is, is price, but you know, the idea of of sending a pair of those things to these people and saying this is how important it is that you to really be involved to, is to have make sure you wear these. So everybody is getting the same experience and it's not just coming through your phone. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. And I don't, maybe we're not there yet to be able to afford to send right. out that kind of stuff to somebody. It seems to me that eventually, you know, if streaming is going to still be a thing that somehow, you know, you either stress the importance of wearing headphones or whatever the case is, but you know, that that's got to be a part of it too. And, and how much does that bother you? 
does it does it bother you at all uh, as far not bother you is probably not the right way to say it does it not you know because how, how that again you you spend so much time on on sound and looks mm-hmm. you know and in the streaming world this whole digital campfire type thing that you know that that we're looking at right now right. the sound is just not people don't seem to care <clears throat> yeah you know and as, as you, i mean you bring up a really good point but i i think what we're doing is we're compartmentalizing right the 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 experience we're giving people on a virtual event is not going to be the experience they would have gotten right. live right and sound and lights and blah 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 it's different but the experience that the people are getting here is not television either. So, so we pivoted completely into a TV model. Now, 2021, we're moving into, now we're looking at hybrid, right? That's, that's the key. And everybody's like, well, what, what does a hybrid look like? How, how do we do hybrid, right? You know, and, and my answer is the same. It's like every project is different and it depends on the client. Now, if the client is going to have uh, 50 people in the audience and a thousand people online, you still want to lean heavily towards what you're, you're doing for the people that are watching the streaming. But if you're going to have a thousand people in the audience and, you know, a hundred people watching, you know, you're going to balance it differently. Oh, right. But, That's right. Yep. but we're telling all of our clients now, it's not an exponential additional cost, but it is an incremental because now you're going to have, you're going to want to have two separate teams. You're going to want to have a separate show director, show producer that's producing your, virtual side of your conference and you want somebody doing your live you want you don't want the same person doing both because then you know, you know they're not going to be keeping an eye on you know, how to be true to whatever the audience they're assigned to at that time right. you know what i mean so how have you found companies are looking at now after a year of this mm-hmm. are looking at their budgets for events you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. do you see where companies now see a benefit and working, you know, streaming and, and using technology instead of having gatherings? Or does everybody kind of want to get back to exactly sure. what they were doing before? Sure. So uh, the, the answer is yes to, to both, right? Because you're going you're gonna to have, it's, it's, it's like our country, right? It's, it's divided right, 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 down, right down the middle on, on a lot of issues. <clears throat> so you have a bunch of people that just can't wait to get back on a plane get to a convention, go network with people, stay out, drink, do all the things that you do when you're, 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 you're at a conference, right. And be there and, and be in, in contact. You're going to have a small number of people that are agoraphobic that are like, what's the next thing? I don't want to leave. I'm afraid. Right? right. But you have a larger group on the other side. That's like, you know, it's, I was fine watching this on, on my laptop and I was still able to have dinner with my family or go watch my son's baseball game in the same day. Why do I need to a take the time, the travel, the money to go. Right. And, 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 and to that same point, you have corporations kind of going, do I need to fly everybody? Do I need to you know pay for everybody's hotel rooms and all their food? Right. Because you know, a lot of the clients came to us and said, you know, we thought it was going to be less expensive because it was virtual and our side of things, that really wasn't so much the case because production is production, but where they are saving the money is hotel rooms, right. F, f, you know, food and beverage, F and B and, 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 travel expenses. So there's a, there's a huge savings that everybody has, you know, those corporations will now look at and go, where do we want to put those dollars? So I thought it was a cool thing too, is that you can get a lot more big names almost under one roof. Right, hundred I mean, percent. I thought that was so cool. The last event we did with you guys, you had Michael McDonald being piped in, like, 
And I was thinking about that. I'm like, geez, you could have so many big names all in one area, you know, for logistically, you know, if you can have somebody just set up a Zoom stream, like yeah, whatever uh, it is. I thought, well, they were going to have Sting play three songs. I mean, you know, you would have never got him to play three songs at a convention, you know. Right. right. So, I mean, yeah, all day long. So yeah. budget can kind of get more offset with those types of appearances as well? So, I mean, you got to pay those guys to do that. But, but yeah, but, but, but Andy, to your point, d during... You know, during the last year in these home concerts, everybody's was charging twenty five percent of their normal asking rate. Uh, so you got you got somebody that's a million dollars, you can get them for a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, you get somebody that's a hundred thousand dollars, you get them for twenty five grand. And so they don't care, you know, because they're stacking them in the day. They'll do three of those in a day from their office or their home, right? And they don't have to travel. So I mean, so. in one in one token, it's like, why don't we just do this all the time? But then in the other token, it's still not a live experience. Sure. It's just, yeah, yeah. So you know, so, you know, with our, with our client Sonic, we're we're going to be back live this year, um, and in person, and will there be a hybrid piece of that? And there'll be, you know, there'll be headline entertainment and things like things like that. So we're 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 kind of you know planning all that out now. Do you do you see that? Do you see where though that this this will never go away i mean is this kind of a renaissance area in 100 percent. yeah so i mean yeah hybrid will never go away the, the virtual component the, the, there's way too much upside to the virtual side of things in the last 12 months people aren't gonna people aren't going to forget that and so it's always gonna be a part of it it's like it's 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 like you know twitter saying hey forty thousand of our employees you never have to come back to the office again right Right. So what, what happens to the commercial real estate market? Right. Yeah. It's like, it's a, a seismic shift of how we conduct business. You guys feel like that's a skill you guys learned. I mean, I, you've, you've known, you've always been able to pipe things in and have the virtual aspect of everything, but like, did it kind of take COVID to be like, Oh wow, we can do this. Now we're going to do this all the time. Now we've got the gear. We've been forced to get the gear. We've been forced to learn this new skill as a part of our business. Now this will be a two-headed monster. I mean, were you kind of forced into that skill? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't so like, much of a force where uh, we, we'd been doing what we, I would refer to as corporate broadcasting since 1999, right? It was a very small piece of our business, but we, we've been doing it for over 20 years. So when we saw the writing on the wall, we threw all of our weight, all of our resources at that and said, we've got to capitalize that on that. And the fact that we've also been producing television all along yeah. gave us a very unique leg up on our industry. And I think that you know, we ended up having you know, the best year we've ever had in the middle of the pandemic in, in 2020. It was our biggest year ever. And it was, a lot of it was because we we weren't afraid to just grab people and go, no, come along with us and let us show you. So we were able to go to our clients and go, this is what you need to be doing. This is, trust us. You want, you want to do it like this. And, and it was a, it was a slow, it was a slow buildup, right? I mean, at first we were like, wow, $20,000 a job. You're, you're losing all these million dollar programs and you're going, how many $20,000 jobs yeah. does it take to make up for a million dollar program? Right. 50 is the answer. So, <laughs> right. but then, but then, but then we just started seeing them, you know, you know, hundred thousand dollar job, 200,000 million dollar jobs. We are like, okay, so it's just like any other type of live event. It depends on 
you know, what do you want to put into it? What's the investment you want to put in it? How big do you want to make it? And so, you know, we still have people that are doing $20,000 jobs and people are doing, you know, seven figure jobs. You feel like that's, sorry, Chris, but do you feel like that's all across the board as far as like your competitors and things as well? Or is that, uh, so do you think you guys got out in front and bought into that a little heavier than others? Yes, I I would say. And, And because of our, 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 you know, our experience as live events and our experience as television that, that gave us a yeah. leg up. I mean, unfortunately our, our industry was relatively decimated and there's companies that were friends and, uh, you know, uh, mentors that just completely went out of business, right? Because they, they didn't have the ability or the desire to pivot. Desire is just as yeah. much as <laughs> yeah. the ability. Desire is huge, right? I, because, you know, Chris, you've known me long enough to see how the ebb and flow of this business goes. You, you've seen times where we, we thought we were going to go out of business, yeah. right? So when you own a company like this in a volatile type of industry that we're in, right, where in 2009, you know, the president says one thing and, and everybody cancels their events or, or 9-11 hits and everybody cancels their events. So there's all this ebb and flow. There gets a, to a point where you've been in the business, you know, 20, 30, 40 years where you're like, shit, do I want to do this again? <laughs> yeah. Do I have yeah. the fight in me? Yeah. And for me, I actually was pretty uh, invigorated by it because Something it, different, it, yeah. it felt very entrepreneurial for me last year. Because even though we'd done, we'd done the television stuff and we've done the live stuff, it felt like this amalgamation of the two of those things together created this whole corporate broadcasting television vibe. And it was really exciting to be a part of. That's yeah, neat as shit. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's unbelievable, and we've talked about it before, it, how many people, including myself, I mean, even doing something like this, I never would have done it because, you know, we were always gone, and but when I'd come home, I just didn't want to do anything else. But, I mean, even in your industry, it's every. I, I haven't really talked to anybody. Where are all these people that had terrible years? Because I, I have not, and I've looked for them, you know, re, even restaurant. I knew I, three of my friends opened restaurants. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and but the, the you know the the flip side of that is our our dear friend Julie, Julie Johnston. Right? Oh yeah, right, right, right. So her and her husband are opening a, a brand new restaurant. If you're listening, hey Julie, um, uh, in D.C. this Saturday, right? Uh, and it's been his dream to open up this pizza place his entire life. He was the executive chef at the MGM uh grand harbor uh, or national harbor out there in, in dc and left there and they're doing this and i was talking to her last week i was like how are things going she's like it's great we're excited everything's ready can't find people that want to work yeah, yeah just yeah and i heard this yeah last night i was at sambuca last night and it's like people nobody wants to work people they're having such a hard time filling those spaces especially when you know people a lot of people got you know they got the um the money from the government and they got the un- unemployment and you know I, I remember at one point we were trying to hire people just to work in our warehouse and they're like i'm making more money just staying home Stay home yeah you know ian's paying 22 dollars an hour plus benefits at sunny's and can't find anybody to work in the kitchen i mean it's just it's, a, it's i mean uh, but see i i thought that the unemployment thing i think it's like down to 300 bucks a week extra so f- three or four hundred bucks a week I, I i'm just trying to f- understand who those people are but at the same time, how, how this this goes on till September? I don't know. I mean, Nashville's back. I mean, if you go downtown right now, I mean, it's it's insane. COVID does not exist. It does not exist. Mm-mm. I tried to hire two guys back that I had you know let go some years ago, and they were both. I knew they were both not working, and they were both like, "No, we're we're I'm we're good. good. I've got I'm getting checks in the mail. 
sit at the house, don't have to pay for childcare, you know. Now, theoretically, theoretically, you're supposed to call that in. That right? So you're you're supposed to tell the government. <laughs> you're supposed to tell the government. Yeah, I that, don't that trust have, the government. So. I, I understand. I'm just no, no, saying yeah, that you're right. Yeah. I mean that that and and so somebody's going to catch on to this. Sure. Right. That the, 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 the as an employee, I called a one eight hundred number, but nobody answered. <laughs> I, I, I'm, did you hit an eight or a nine? <laughs> Which one was it? Hit, hit star, I think. Yeah. But but eventually somebody's gonna have to, because this is restaurants especially are getting decimated right now. I mean it, bars and restaurants that ha, the the food service is just uh, and some of these big restaurants, Perry's, Eddie V's. I mean they're big huge restaurants with tons of money in them that revolve right. in them and still can't find people to to work. It's really you know really, you know yeah. what else too is uh it's about a hundred dollars to get a freaking Uber from downtown nowadays and, you, and there's nobody driving Uber nobody is driving Uber no Postmates all that delivery service stuff is through the roof nobody wants to do it I don't under, I mean like yeah. I I I, I mean, hailed a I cab the other it. day and he ripped me off <laughs> now I should have been sober enough to know what the hell he was doing but <laughs> right. he, I didn't and that's not fair but Uber that's the one thing you know. I don't know. I, I the Uber I kind of get a little bit because who wants to deal with the the this this the people? You know, I I you know, just this whole cab drivers they don't give a rat's ass. Well, Uber Uber's, you know, Uber's smart, right? They, they Uber bought Postmates, right? So that's that, that's a done deal. But I don't know if you've seen this downtown now that all the garages are going away from tickets and being able to pay with a credit card and you have to do it on your uber app now so even in my building in the gulch you know by by the end of this month there'll be no more tickets and you can only pay with your uber app now i think that's i mean that's a brilliant move on uber because they don't own the parking lot they're just giving them the mechanism to do the pay and they're taking a piece how many parking lots out there around the, the country around the world that uber can get in there with that that little technology everybody's already got it on their app and they just take a little you know usually it's like 30 percent that they take God off the top dang. good look at them i mean this is the kind of stuff i don't i don't really get to see the world living down here you know this is a city guy right the city guy knows i i would I, I've never used an Uber app other than to get a car. But the, this uh, last time I looked on Uber, I could have got a maid, a cleaning service, a hooker, <laughs> an airplane, an airplane, <laughs> right. a, a helicopter. <clears throat> and it really is insane. And and the thing is, I mean, people, it's hard to uh, it's hard to grasp when you talk about the sheer numbers of something global. You know what I mean? Like you, you could look at a ticket and go, oh, a guy got 30 cents. Right. You know, nobody. Right. And then, when, but when you really start ringing it up, you know, on a daily basis worldwide, it's the numbers are just immense. And, and Uber's had the model. I mean, we, I did a client a project for a client probably four years ago. And I remember one of the executives from uh, Uber, Uber speaking at it. And, and at that time, they had a market cap of $5 billion and they were losing a billion dollars a year. Right. They're losing a billion dollars, but they're worth five billion. Right. And it's and it's just because of the future technology right. and the data capture that was so the data capture, the data capture. They have all, all the information, all the people and all the stuff. See, and this is something that's interesting. That's a really interesting point, especially for somebody like you. I, I don't think that small businesses, this could be something uh, that 
eventually ha- it actually has to happen. But small businesses don't realize the you maybe you because you're working and every day you're in it and you're you know you're you're dealing with the different departments. But the importance of every person that walks in, every person that drives by that building, every you know, and and I think you do because you do some of the geospatial. Oh yeah, right. So I mean, I don't I don't think a lot of small businesses, especially like restaurants and stuff, don't do not realize. That if they would capture all of the data from every person that walked in, even retail stores that didn't buy or people didn't even buy anything, the amount of money people will pay for that information is really insane. Mm-hmm. It really is insane. I want. It was interesting. Uh, uh, our, our our new COO Eileen. She it was. She said it was the weirdest thing. Is uh, I, I bought a new sixty five inch TV over the weekend at Walmart. It was ridiculous. It was. $598 for this gorgeous <laughs> crystal 4K TV, right? And I, I, I texted a picture. I texted a picture of the TV to my COO because I knew she just moved here. She was looking for one. And she said every day she's been getting emails and it's appearing you know, through her social media oh my, yeah. ads for TVs from Walmart specifically just because I texted her a photo. I'm like... Who and oh how? How are God. they? How are they tracking that? Right? How are they? Yeah, I, I I sent her a picture of the box, so it must have been something about the box. They knew it was a Walmart purchase, and crazy. Have you ever gone through your phone before and looked at all what all of the all of the permissions you've given your apps? Have you ever done that? I, I haven't. I but I, I try to not give them permission anymore. I'm like, no. Right. So even even your mobile carrier has permissions that you don't even that's on the phone when you get it so you wouldn't even right right? it's not something you download it's already on there have you ever done that before it's 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 freaking insane it it is absolutely insane the permissions you give apps you know and that's why i i was really reluctant with the tiktok thing because that thing's permissions basically allows you to go in tiktok can wake your phone up in the middle of the night make it walk over to you (laughs) tape you (laughs) Put itself back down. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. And you and so that's a lot of apps. I try to use the apps that say you can only use these permissions when you're using the app, right? right. But in that amount of time, it's it's got your whole. You know, I think I'm pretty sure that one of the apps the other day bought my nephew a pair of shoes. <laughs> At least that's what I'm telling the credit card company. So my my other thing is Zoom, total recall, total recall, Zoom and Skype and uh, the these these uh, WebEx is sure. a, is a prime example of Teams, uh, yeah, team stuff. Whatever the case is, we yeah. we were Andy and I did something for Ed Danger uh, from is it Andy? no, not Danger uh, from he he was he was with uh, AIG and now he's with Boeing. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about yeah, um, uh, Dandridge. Thank you. Uh, he he had us do a live stream for Christmas for his team or whatever the case is. And, and so, you know, Andy and I have been working on this stuff for a while and, and sometimes it works and, and sometimes it doesn't, but this time it worked. Uh, so basically the signal we were sending out to him was, was, was great, right? Mm-hmm. So he was getting a good feed from us, but because he was using WebEx, they compressed it so bad mm-hmm. that when we got the recording back, it was like, what in the hell? We'll never work for that guy again. Right. Um, this has got to be something that you're having to deal with. Sure. Okay. So what is the future of that as far as when companies want to do something for their staff 
like he does. He loves, you know, bringing me in, for instance, and just playing some songs for people. And right. and Pete does that too, and all kinds of stuff. When you when somebody talks to you and they're like, "Hey, man, we really want to do this," so we use WebEx. What are you saying? Don't point? right. Yeah. So try, what, try not to. But ultimately, it comes down to uh, tech checks. We don't we don't do anything without tech checks, right? So we've had big programs for big companies where we've pushed through Zoom through Teams, you know, and we and we have an you know an HD Zoom Zoom account, so it, it doesn't compress it as much. But um, it, it comes down to always doing tech checks, and then we always have somebody on our team that is monitoring the client's feed. So we we we're looking at what the client's looking at, and during that check we can then assess, all right, it, it's compressing too much. What are the settings that we can go in inside of WebEx, inside of Teams, blah, 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 and open that up? What, what, what can we do to optimize it? And if you can't, then can we direct them to some other place for, you know, for, for them to ex- experience this, right? So it's so, so critical that, you know, not the day of, but, you know, a day or two or three days prior, you do some sort of a check from the place you're going to be broadcasting, right? Not a different place. And and, and then, you know, ma- making sure that you're absolutely monitoring what the client is seeing. So because of it's WebEx, you should be able, you know, you should be able to hear in your place, you'll log into their WebEx and see exactly what they're seeing. I mean, we, I'm fairly certain we did that. I mean, that being said, my, 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 we did my, 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 the base of my question is honestly, you have to be dealing with the zooms and all that kind of stuff. When you tell somebody, no, don't, what, what is that? Tech? What, what's the next, you know, if somebody calls me and says, I want you to play some music for us, we're using zoom. Mm-hmm. Is there something you can say, look, if you really want this to sound right, right. Is there something you can say, this is better that, sure. that doesn't cost a million dollars? Sure. I mean, a hundred percent. But, but what we say to all of our clients is, hey, you, you, you've come to us because we're experts in X, Y, Z, and we're here to give our opinion. But ultimately, you're paying us, so we're going to do whatever it is you you, you tell us. Right. Yeah, yeah, whatever you decide, we're going to do. But you know, I just want to give you the caveats of what some of your challenges are. So again, with with Zoom, we have a, a lot better look luck with Zoom than you know Teams or. Uh, uh, WebEx or Skype, yeah, you know, uh, just because Zoom has really got, got some robust things that you can do in it to really adjust it, it you get an upgraded platform, those type of things. So take your clients through those type of things. But Zoom is also because of security reasons. You know, some of the the bigger Fortune 100 companies are like you can't touch Zoom, right? Because it doesn't have the security protocol, so we can't we can't we can't do that. Oh, so, right. so you got to push through WebEx, or you got to you know push through Teams, you know through the Microsoft suite because we can have the security protocols. So when you're in those situations, what we would say is, you know, all right, let's do the tech check. It's not working. Can we even give you a password protected encrypted microsite? Right? We can we can we can we can knock that out for you in. 30 minutes, get a microsite up for you that you push out to your people. And it could be Chris Weaver band, you know, forward slash, you know, right. Validity. Right. right. And, and they, they, they go to that and now your stream is there and we can even, you know, quickly embed some chat in there, some polling and blah, blah, blah. So they want to have some interactivity. The challenge comes when they want to have something is, is that, that, that multi user communication, 
vibe, right? So now you've got to be in a Zoom. Now you've got to be in a, in, in one of those platforms or you, you have to go to one of the really, really expensive platforms like Fireplay or something like that where it's it's a, a big chunk of money yeah. to, to have that sort of interactivity on a, a high-level HD uh, environment for all the users. Yeah, that, that, that to me is like the... the have you... Have you seen a lot of new uh, companies like that? Like, because that's it's a couple of things that I haven't heard of yet. Heard of yet? But this is kind of a new frontier with you know the way the production's happening now and the virtual side. So, is there a lot of new companies now out that are doing? Uh, what do you even call those types of companies? Like, is it a- yeah, it's, it's 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 virtual audience engagement tools that are okay. uh, that are you know. So, Fireplay is is really the big one, uh, and they've you know. Um, uh, uh, actually, they, you know, some of the people from that that company are here in Nashville. They're in Los Angeles and Nashville, and you know they're the ones who did the Emmys. Uh, you know, when you saw like all the you know the virtual audience, and there a lot of times you'll see they're like, they're in like hexagons, right? All, all the different faces, and so. Uh, but but it is it's it's an expensive tool. You know, it's it's a great tool, but it's an expensive tool. So a lot you'll see a lot of the big artists are using that for virtual concerts. I love actually even what um, Kelly Clarkson is doing on her show with the virtual audience. She's she's got like you know twenty five um, flat screens that are vertically mounted, and there's twenty five different people in the audience. Each one is just like a full size person that's sitting in her audience. <laughs> so right. you look out there, and the people are there, and they're clapping and they're interacting like a real audience. But it's you know, I'm not sure what the technology is using, but that could, that could just be 25 Zoom feeds that are that are that are going into 25 individual things. So, but yeah, Andy, I, I really feel like that that is the 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 new frontier, and and the price the price has to come down at some point. So, right? you, but you've seen a lot of new companies popping up doing that. Yeah, well, doing that, and then also platforms, right? There, there's got to be a thousand different platform companies that have sprung up in the last six months. I mean, hop in. Hopin is a platform that we use a lot for our clients. Pre-COVID, they had six employees. Now they have 400 employees and they're worth a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Right? Right? And that's 13 months ago. So, like, companies that are like God, uh, like dude, these man. bigger ones that are kind of d- using these tools for all the engagement, is it a le- do they have a leg up on programming? Are they made, is it proprietary types of programming or is it proprietary hardware that they're coming up with? I mean, like... What are they doing that others aren't? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's 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 all it's all really software software hardware combo is yeah. is, is really what it is and and in figuring out yeah you know, so you're seeing a lot of people that are in the AV world and then in the tech world that are are coming together and 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 creating these these uh these platforms and these solutions to 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 where we're going. I I just did a call yesterday with with um. Uh, event EQ and you know these guys yeah. right? they, they do all of our uh, AV work all around the world and they've, they've got a really really high end platform that they've created called Hive which is uh, you know a, a virtual platform that looks very photorealistic it looks like you're actually walking into a building and you know it's it's not like some of these just 2D app based things but the call that they did yesterday they, they had myself and about six other you know uh, you know large heads of event companies or you know um, people that are inside of you know fortune 100 companies that had their events and they're like what do you need what do you see the future for technology what is the need as we move into hybrid 
what are you guys seeing and wow. how, how can we, you know, because they want to develop what that next thing is. So they're, they're doing weekly calls with us so we can talk through what our needs, our desires, what we're seeing with our wow. clients so they can de- develop that tool. So essentially event planners in, 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 in your industry could, could make new technology. I of, mean, of we're going to make yeah. new technology. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, where, where does the 3d realm come into this? Mm. Yeah. Or like 360 stuff. I was going to, that's the same thing I was going to ask. Three three sixty, three sixty is a little bit more difficult. Uh, in the three, in the three D realm, the cool thing is, and I think you've seen some of our our virtual yeah. sets that that we've done. Most of these virtual sets that we do when we're shooting uh, live presenters and and putting them inside of a virtual world. Most of these sets are an actual 360, and the technology using like uh, zero density and the Unreal Engine, right, which which are you know basically gaming engines, right, that we're building all this stuff off of. You you set your camera on your green screen to to start with your subject. You start panning, and you start panning around the room, and you go off the green screen now. But it's still reading the virtual environment, and you can go 360 degrees and come all the way back around, even though you're not on the green screen anymore. Mm. It's it's replacing everything with the virtual environment Holy all the way cow. around. It's yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. And so, uh, you know, there's there's uh, you know you you hear um, XR is a, a you know there's yes right so extended reality right so there's extended reality that's done through green screen and there's extended reality that's done through led right and so um i am i'm i'm a much bigger proponent of the green screen because we can in the green screen you you can use multiple cameras right uh, you know, um whereas in the led it, it, it's really made for shooting like music videos or movie where ba- basically the led is you know led wall here led wall here led and you're pumping video content and the actor or the presenter is actually standing in the video content they can see it they can interact with it whereas in a green screen you're more of a weatherman kind of seeing on a monitor what's what's being put right, in but you, you like that i like that better because in the green screen technology you can use multi-cam right Be- and the reason you can't do it in led is because once you start getting off access it, it doesn't it, it, it looks like you're standing in front of an LED screen as opposed to you're into this world. And there's a thing called parallaxing, right? Where, where the camera moves one way and the, and the subject is here and the background is different. Your, your mind gets, realizes that you're now in like, it, it, it tells you that that's a real thing, right? So when you're doing the green screen technology, every single camera has its own computer that's putting the set in place where it would be in real life. Oh, as a, as opposed to they're all shooting right on an LED screen they're all shooting that same whatever that video image that's being pumped to the LED screen at that time green screen each each camera has got its own computer being told what the angle is and where you would be in relation to the animated space the green screen I I, I didn't even realize the what how all that worked I thought you know green screens a green screen but the, apparently and and just something I wanted you to touch on because I don't think people realize how, how intricate this is the lighting behind the screen right there is it's called dark light or something where, where you have to have a certain it's some certain color of light that has to go behind the green screen 
Well, well, that that's if you're actually using a screen. So when we say green screen, most of the green screens we have are actually coves, right? They're they're solid wall structures that are coves. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So so a, a lot of people will use a green screen, like a green piece of fabric that needs to be uh, yes, absolutely lit as as you as you mentioned. But the problem with a fabric is you can't get that cove. What you want to to really, especially when you're talking about this. Uh, extended reality, right? You you need that green to come all the way down seamlessly, go underneath the feet of the people, mm-hmm. right? The the, the presenters, because if you look at some of the, the videos that I sent you, you can see that we've replaced the floor, and not only have we replaced the floor, but in the virtual space, that reflow that floor is reflecting off, you know, imagery in the virtual background that's not actually there, but it's showing the reflections. Right. So, so you, you need, if you have a green screen that comes down and then has a, a right angle to a floor, that, that line becomes very problematic for you. So that's why you want that, 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 that arched cove that comes down and all your corners need to be curved as well. And that's what gives you that, that seamless space. Is that, so, is that so light will actually hit all those angles in an even well, way yeah, and you can key all that out? Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, you, what you're, what you're trying to do is you're, you're trying to create one completely flawless lit everything. The, the green should be the exact shade of green anywhere. And if it's lit differently anywhere else, it's going to key differently so you're right so you, the, so the lighting is so important on the green screen on the subject and then also what's called rim light you need to light the subject from behind so you get that separation right so you want that light that comes on their shoulders yeah. that's coming from behind them and, God, sorry i'm just gonna do this with my nose again no it's, it's it's just you know i mean this room obviously is lit as best that you could ever light a room but i, I mean i so i can only imagine well that's the, our that's like our biggest challenge i mean other than you know talent yeah other than sucking at what we do <laughs> no i mean we can figure, we can wow. figure out obs we can figure wow. out merry uh, christmas sound, to me, Chris. all that stuff <laughs> but our, well. seriously though our biggest challenge though every day is trying to get a consistent look yeah, with right. everything between every camera and have everything lit the right way and, and that's where we it's lack tough. a little bit because we don't know we it's, just i mean my thing is, it looks good well you know? no, yeah that's right and and not only that but it's just like if you know, in this room's not. I mean, it's not like this room is the perfect way to freaking do something, light a room or whatever the case is. But you know, you can't just stand up a light, right? So the light has to be. Uh, it doesn't. You it's know, be hidden. The but, but, you but, and, but you guys are doing an amazing job, right? You got you have six cameras in here, right? You got you know four of them that are similar in style, and then you have two that are very very different. So to try to balance. Yeah, right, I mean, it right. is. Yeah, to, to white balance that and get your color temperatures right all across uh, across the board. Yeah, I, mean, I think you're doing a great job. I mean, I, I think I look really stellar. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, you do, you really do look stellar. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, I, it's it's just unbelievable. You know, I, on a final note, I guess as far as this this subject's concerned, uh, you know, it, it is it's really amazing to see how far you've uh, you know you've come with it. How far? But you were all you know the thing about it is too, you were already doing some neat stuff. And so, you know, I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how smaller businesses, you know, who had, I got to stop saying, you know, it's like a, a cheerleader saying like, that's what I feel like right now. You know what I mean? Like, but it is going to be interesting to see what we do, which is a lot of people. And then what you can do if you have, you know, the right people and you can pay the right people to do the job. I. I'm really interested to see where this middle ground is mm-hmm. of companies that can't necessarily afford what you do, but now have to, uh, you know, or on that, in that, uh, in that position to have to try to get their message out 
and don't have, you know, people aren't coming to work like they used to and they're not paying for the office space. And I, I'm really interested to see how this goes. Yeah. And in the corporate market, real estate business, you're right about that. It's insane. Yeah. It's all over the place. How much? Yeah. Down, downtown. What's going to, what is going to happen to downtown Nashville and places like that, that and are going to have these keep building? I think, I think it's, 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 it's going to be something we're going to see in three to five years. Right. Because a lot of people are locked into, you know, multi-year leases. Right. And so if commercial real estate, you know, took a little bit of a hit, I think it's going to be a longer tail for the the real hit that they're going to get yeah. when people realize, I, you know, I don't need to house all my people. Right. We actually just kind of we just expanded our space, but we expanded our space because we need to build more studios. Yeah. Right. We, because that's that that's that's the need. So, you know, it seems like a, a, sil- a silly time to be putting money into you know, expanding and, and signing more leases. But we, we also see that that is where the, we're generating the majority of our revenue is having the studios, owning the studios, having the equipment. Uh, it, it helps our margins. I think, I think that kind of stuff's going to pop up more where you're going to see some of these big square foot places open green screen studios. I, I know we it's talked a, about, well, it's just going to evolve, right? So like there's going to be less people, uh, companies, are now having people work remotely. So now that space will be available right. and then it's going to be companies like yours that are expanding to fill this new need. I mean, that's just, what's going to be, it's just going to evolve. The space will evolve into something else, but maybe in four to five years, the Batman building will become available. And you eight. can buy it for $300,000. That's it. <laughs> Stick two cars on the top of the ears and just rotate them. <laughs> the Titan motoring tower. I, I, yeah. I, I had a chance to, uh, um, tour skyway studios last week do yeah. you know the, do you know these guys yeah. here in town uh-uh. oh yeah oh my gosh uh andy does i mean it's um they're, they're about six years old and before that i think um uh, tbn not, not uh, cbn cbn christian pat robertson had it before that and before that it was, oh. it was a it was a sam's club before yeah. that <laughs> Right, so you imagine how big a yeah, Sam's huge. Club is, right? They've got four massive studios in there, gorgeous equipment, and then like a, another four or five small studios. And you know, so Pickler and Ben, that was that when that show was on. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah. Was, there was a, a broadcast from there. They they've got you know wrestling in there. They they got all these people in there. It's just, it's an incredible facility, and it's like yeah, you know, there's 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 so much of it out there. So you're gonna see lots of uh, you know Walmart's and um, Sam's Clubs. That's like because, way up. That's up on like Dickerson Pike, like yeah, way, some, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've driven by that a lot. I always wondered what it was because it kind of look. You go by it, you're like, what the hell? Is yeah, that? and they've got like a security shack out front and a guard, and you know, so it's 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 pretty serious. I mean, you better be guarding that Pickler. <laughs> He's a pretty little thing. Yeah, she's they're gone now. He was canceled. Yeah. See, that's the cool part about doing something like this, David. You can't cancel me. Huh? You can't cancel you can me. Can try. Cancel if you I can try so hard. <laughs> That'd be about the best thing that happened to you, man. If you got canceled. Hey, uh, all right. So we're going to come back. We got some other stuff to talk about. So we're going to come back. But before, before this, this, yeah. is, this is clip of the week. So uh, the clip of the week this this time, I wanted to, I wanted to teach you guys something. Oh, man. I found somebody that could teach you guys how to do a party trick. It's a party trick, so it's not a huge deal, but whatever the case is, I think this is it's going to be good. Hi, 
Hi everyone, we have a really fun video for you today. I'm going to show you how to throw a playing card. The first step to throwing a playing card is the grip. Alright, so the way we, we grip the card is we're going to take our index finger and our middle finger and we're just going to uh, grab the corner of the card like this. Now the next step after you uh, do that is you want to curl your wrist this way because a lot of the uh, power from it is going to come from the snap of your wrist. Now when you do it, you're going to just take your arm and you're also going to curl your arm up like this and then when you release, you're going to come out like this and you're going to flip the card, the card out. out. Just like that. All right, All right. so it's going to snap out. And yeah, just snap that card. card. Now, most, now, most of, the of the power from, from this throw comes from the rotation <laughs> of the card. So that's right. why you really got to get a nice snap in order to get the card rotating in this kind of a, a manner out. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to have I a did I did that. and try to stick the playing card into this potato. Throw it up in there and catch that thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was like pancakes in the background. <laughs> what just? What? Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Too much time. Oh my God. We're back. Nashville's only custom automotive facility with everything under one roof. Titan Motoring. Put your car, bike, or boat in the care of our award-winning technicians and artists. Wheels and tires, lift and suspension kits, mobile audio and video, custom lighting, custom fabrication and interior, window tinting and vinyl wrapping. Locally owned and operated in our 15,000 square foot facility. Wrap it, light it, lift it, and then roll it out with Titan Motoring. Call or visit us online at titanmotoring.net. Doctors and nurses make their living trying to help others, but they are human beings, and human beings sometimes make mistakes. When a doctor has worked for 24 hours straight, fatigue and lack of focus can lead to critical mistakes being made. Other times, it's the policies or system that's to blame. For example, when a doctor or nurse comes in on their shift, they are forced to rely on charts and records created by others. Sloppy paperwork or inaccurate record keeping can give the doctor an incomplete picture, or even worse, the wrong picture and that can lead to serious injury or even death. It's called preventable medical error. Recent studies claim that preventable medical error causes up to 400,000 deaths a year. That's nearly as many deaths as caused by smoking. When this happens, those responsible must be held accountable to compensate the injured person or their family. But the good news is, just like you and I are required by law to purchase auto insurance, doctors also get insurance coverage in case they accidentally hurt someone. For help, call the Verdoliac Law Group. All right. So I didn't realize that the Grammys were this past week. Oscars. Oscars. Yeah. They're the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not the same thing. Are They're they? not. No, Grammys is uh, music. Music and uh, uh, Oscars are uh, movies. Yeah. And like sometimes it. songs from movies. So I could see where you maybe got confused. Now, what, what is the other word for Oscars? The Academy Awards. Thank you. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Nailed it. None of it that I care Which about. Which is different than the Academy of Country Music. <laughs> Which is the ACMs. Yes. That, but not the CMAs. <laughs> so many letters. 
you know they're doing the concerts this year, right? So a couple of weeks they're they're doing it. What, you mean the the fan fest, the CMA, CMA fest? fest? No, they're not. Yeah, they are. They put it back on. It is people are coming to town. I've had numerous people that wanted to come to town to see this stuff. So apparently they're they're doing. Well, the shows. I mean, is that, is they they did they did cancel it in January. So if they may, maybe they put it back on. I don't know. I mean, so I'm going to tell you a story. Please. This is interesting to you. Can I get my blankie? Well, this will be the first. I've t- I, I think I've told these two. <laughs> Can I get my blankie? I got to go. Um, so my internet guy, he gets a phone call from a publicist and she says, hey, uh, I'm a publicist for Chris Weaver. He wanted me to, wanted me to call you and, and, uh, and, and introduce myself and, and he wants to come on the show on, how, on your How Valid is the Validity. He's like, what are you talking about? I know Chris Weaver. You get it. No, Chris Weaver from The Voice. So there was a, I guess there was a, a black guy that was on The Voice, and he was on there for like seven or eight weeks. And he's, and, and so if you type in Chris Weaver, he's the first one that comes up. Chris Weaver banded, you know, you have to type right. in the band, whatever. So I've known this for a while, but I didn't. I was, I kind of always wanted to meet the guy. So he's coming on the show. Oh, no way. He's going to come and stay here at the house. We're going to go out one night and kind of get to know each other a little bit, and then he's going to come. Are you letting him stay at the you house? You should, I'm gonna let him say. Should I not? I don't know. The you, real you, Chris should, you should totally go out and like switch IDs. That'd be pretty funny. See what happens. I don't know. It what might be all a plan just to come and eliminate you because there okay, can only so be is, one this Chris is, Weaver. This is, well, the reason I say this is that he was supposed to come on June second, which was going to be our last show for the for this season. This season, and so he was going to come the second, and then he got he called and said, "Can you know what the tenth or the next what, what two plus nine. seven if you nine the nine right seven eight nine uh can we, can he come on the ninth because he wants to come down for cma fest and so we looked it up and there's tickets being sold and all kinds well, of there stuff you go. cmafest.com says that it's not happening so i don't know even virtually nothing I see nothing oh i looked it up the other day and it said it tw- 2021 cma fest and it was the, the, like there were artists Oh well, I don't even care. I'm not. I told him no, and so now that show's not going to happen. On Ticketmaster, it says uh, rescheduled date. Is all it says. Really? Yeah. All right. I can only hope. So hopefully it works out in the second, and I get to go around with my arch nemesis, Chris Weaver, <laughs> the Black Chris Weaver. It's going to be like a spider. <laughs> what is that Spider-Man verse? Yeah. Spider-Man verse. Anyway, so the Oscars were this past week, and all kinds of fun stuff happened. The best part was that they did it at Union Station. You've probably been there, right? I have. Yeah, numerous times. So uh, the one thing that California is known for uh, is really letting all the homeless people come in and sleep pretty much anywhere <laughs> they want, right? That's a big part of California, and that's no problem, and good for them. I, if that's where, if I was homeless, that's where I want to go to, except when the Oscars are happening, right? Then they sweep them. <laughs> uh, okay, it's time to go. It's time to go. Things are happening here now. Can't have you here. What I don't think that any very many people heard though. This was a COVID testing facility, which I don't even understand that. How is Union Station a COVID? When you when you walk in, there's this. Um, it almost looks like uh, it was a. It looks like a old bank from the twenties, right? And it was really where they sold the tickets back yeah. back in the day to the left and right. So they've got a big, massive area that they use for uh, events there, left and right, right when you you walk in. So I'm sure that's where they did their COVID testing because it was a big open space. 
Well, they probably should have told people a little bit more ahead of time because apparently there were like 150 people that were coming in and there was people like defecating 50 feet from the trying to, you know, let the Oscars know that, you know, you got, you're killing me here, Smalls. Anyway, point being is that the bags, this is what I found the best. And I've, I've heard of these bags not associated with the Oscars. There's a, a, a there's a gentleman, I think Frey is his last name, uh, that that. It's not associated with the Oscars. It has the Oscars under with he puts this on by himself. Basically, it's suitcases and suitcases full of of gifts worth two. This year was two hundred five thousand. Last year was two hundred twenty five thousand. The swag bags, swag bags, right? Um, and it's not even a bag. It's they bring the suitcases to your home or your hotel or wherever a few days before, and it's like five or six suitcases <laughs> they delivered. My thing is. Is this we've gotten to the point now, especially at the when you look at the movies that were nominated? Mm. Did you know any of the movies? I didn't watch the Academy Awards. Uh, it's called the Oscars. Got it. Uh, I'm going to give you the the names. Let's just see if sure. you've seen any of them. Sound of Metal. The Spinal Taps sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Sound of Metal. No. Nope. Uh, the Father. No. Nope. That's a it's a Catholic movie. Uh, Nomad Land, Nomad Land, Nomad. Nope, no. Nope. Wow, everybody's happy there. I take it. <laughs> they're Nomad. No, it's land. just a, a bunch of people pooping <laughs> in, in buckets, pooping in buckets. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes, you, was that a good movie? Uh, I haven't watched it, but that is the story of uh, Fred Hammond, uh, who started the Black Panthers. Oh right, okay. Um, Minara. Nope. Okay. Promising young woman. Yes, I I have heard that that is a very depressing and very dark film. Right. So basically, this is just people that vote on these have to be. Uh, let's just say, let's just draw an uh, air curve, a bell curve. Are those winners are nominees. Those are nominees. Okay. Okay. Let's just say these are. The, these are the normalest people in the world that they eat the stuff that comes in white and black packaging. And then there's these people who eat only things that are white and black. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like caviar, things like that. So this just the craziest of the crazies and the most normal of whatever the case is. Father beat Judas and the black Messiah. So basically, Anthony Hopkins, who's 89 years old at this point, yep. on his way out, uh, beat the guy that's been winning all the awards who's not with us anymore, which is the uh, Black Panther guy. Uh, why can't I think of his name right now? Help me out, Andy, please. Oh. You know what I'm know. talking about? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. but uh, uh, Chad Chadwick. Oh, Chadwick oh, Bosman. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so he's won everything. So he, the Golden Globes, and they've, they've been giving him honors all across the country. And then... Oh, yeah. and then you give it to old Anthony Hopkins, uh, eighty-nine years. So, just unbelievable. So there, that that's caused an uproar. Whatever the case is, this is what I think is the most interesting. And you said because of COVID earlier when we were talking about it. it's not cause it, it is not because of COVID. I I really couldn't find the line of of shitty movies that win these awards as opposed to what people actually have watched. Okay, mm-hmm. so just to give you an idea. The box office for what was the number one? Just anybody want to take a guess? The number one grossing movie last year. What the number one? What you what you think would have been the number one grossing movie of two thousand twenty? 
Anybody want to take a guess? Bad Boys for Life. Oh, wow. $206 million. And because that, that happened before COVID. That was in the beginning of COVID. It was before COVID because I actually went and Dece- saw that in the movie well, theater. I guess before. It, it couldn't have been December. It would have been two, December 2019. No, no, no. It was probably like January or February of last last year. But it was before the the the, the shutdown happened. Right? Okay, I'll yeah, give well, that you was, that. That was yeah. released January 17th. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'll give you that. When was let, let me just the call of the wild? When was that? When when did the call of the wild? I mean, I, 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 you know what? You're right. I'm just going to rip off that part. Call of the Wild, February 21st, 2020. Okay, I'll rip off this part too. So let, let's, the Tenet. T-E-N-E-T. Tenet. Oh, hold on, I got the whole list For 5,000. Tenet? Yeah. September 3rd, 2020. Okay. Right. September 3rd. And that's number I, that, now, now, you, now you're deep in the COVIDs. $57 million. And that's number that's, eleven. That's number eleven. What was number what, what? What was a deeper into the COVID? Like let's say summer. Was there a summer movie that had some legitimate numbers? Well, uh, don't make that, me go is back. Is this all pure box office, or is it online? Any domestic online? box office? So no online streaming. No, this has you know? to be these these to be uh, to be looked at. You have to be in a theater for a certain amount of time. All that kind of thing. Well, Th- there, these numbers are domestic box office. There wasn't much released. There was a lot of movies that were held off for release right. because of all, yeah all, all the big, okay. big ones. Right. So point being is the tenant, for instance, fifty-seven million. Okay, <clears throat> domestically, the highest-grossing film on the nominees was six million. Domestically, okay, the one that won was one point four million. Mm-hmm. Right. So my my thing is. And we're about to go into something else a little bit too with the CNN thing because when I saw that I was like, "This is just what are we doing?" Did you say in twenty twenty gross, domestic box office, money wise or tickets sold, money wise. Okay, because I because for that I see two hundred and four million dollars for who what bad boys, twenty twenty gross. But he, he, yeah, he, I did he, say he, that. He said that right. I'm I, I you but, said six million. That well, six million is the highest grossing for the nominees. Ah, ah, I got you. Okay, so I wanted to find a movie that was further into the year, that was in a that was in the movie theaters. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So you're saying that Bad Boys for Life was not a nominee at this year's Academy Awards, right? So I'm asking you why. I'm asking you. I don't know because it was a fabulous film. Well, no, but I'm saying I'm saying that it's is the movies about what's fabulous or about what people want want to watch no it's it has nothing to do with box office right so if you're not asking the people right what is so this is just an award show for the people that are people that are members of the academy which are actors yeah actors or producers directors right right, that they become a member of the academy and they're the ones that vote on the quality of the art the quality of the performance and right but when you talk about not not being able to get anybody to watch number Mm -hmm. one when you talk about the fact that these people don't exist unless these other movies that make two hundred six million dollars exist, right? How does this work? Are we are people supposed to watch a bunch of rich people get two hundred five thousand dollar gift bags and that are just all kind of stroking each other? But poor Glenn Close can't win a. Can't, she now ties Peter O'Toole for the least amount of wins. No wins. Peter yeah. O'Toole. I thought that was a character off a of Family Guy. <laughs> are we joking here? So what what is the difference between the Academy Awards and Oscars? There isn't. There, there isn't. The, Glo- the Oscar is the trophy. 
The oh. Academy Awards is the award ceremony. And and the, like the guess okay. how much the trophies is, is cost the Academy Awards. Just probably, take a guess. Probably like five grand. Four hundred dollars for that statue. Oh yeah, that's not bad. Don't they mail you one? That's they give bad. you the same one. It's the same one they pass back and forth, right? Then they mail you one later. Well, the only reason I know that is because I had a couple of friends that are uh, actors that got one for being a part of something, and they tried to pawn it. No, I don't. That's not exactly. That, that's not how. That's I, I saw it online. It's four hundred dollars. So then, what do the Golden Globes do? Yeah, what are the Golden? That's TV. No, no. no. Golden Globes is television movie, and that is uh, that is a award show that is sponsored by the Hollywood Foreign Press. And the Hollywood Foreign Press is, is Chinese. A, <laughs> the Hollywood Foreign Press, uh, 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 they're the ones that vote on all the different categories, but that is television and film. Interesting. So basically Chinese. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. That's just a joke because, I mean, Hollywood is not controlled by China at all. What you're saying is we need more award shows is what we do. <laughs> we need award shows for the people. We're bad boys. Could you imagine the viewership if you stick... Leonardo DiCaprio up there every day and uh, give me a little bit of uh, what's the Will Smith and the other guy. That's the, that's that's the people's choice awards. And nobody watches that. I don't even know when it's on. I don't even know. That's because that's because the people's choice awards don't have swag bags, dog. That's right. (laughs) But, but you know, nobody's paying for that. Two hundred twenty five thousand dollars in the swag bag. Nobody's actually writing a check for that. Uh, actually, the people that accept it have to pay taxes. They have to pay taxes on it, but it, you have a, a bunch of sponsors that are, yeah. are are donating their stuff, right? And then they're then they're telling you what the retail value is of those those items that are in the swag bag. Okay. So nobody's actually. So you're telling so, me somebody that, at the Academy Awards is not writing a two hundred and five thousand dollar check. So per you're swag telling bag. me, David Fischette, yes, on this show, I am. That PETA is not giving me a $25,000 hammer for me to put on my keychain to knock out the windows when I see a dog inside because dogs die in the heat? Yes. That's just the retail value? Just the retail. That's one of the gifts, by the way. It's a PETA. Come on, A, pe- a PETA? <laughs> come with some PETA bread? Sound of uh, Metal, uh, which is about tinnitus and losing your hearing <laughs> and how bad Spinal the- Spinal tap. And how bad the uh, American healthcare system is. Uh, a whopping $173,000 in the box office. And uh, there's your nominee, Kobe. 24 carat gold plated, gold plated statue worth, uh, cost the Hollywood Oscars $400 to make. Hmm. The value of the 24 bags, $5.4 million. $5.4 million. There's a bag of water in there that's thirty bucks a pouch, infused with, um, you bet, you guessed it, uh, embryonic fluid. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, embryonic brain. Okay, this is interesting. Uh, brainwave sensing meditation headband, two hundred fifty bucks. That's that's on the cheap end, whatever the case is. I saw uh, one of the reasons I asked you about the headphones is because. Um, there's apparently a new company. It's 500 bucks. Rave reviews. It's supposed to sort of like the headphones uh, give you a meditative state for 10 minutes. You put it on for 10 minutes a day and it, and it 
radiates some sort of place in your brain that makes you i'm not kidding you I, i'm sorry all i can think of is woody allen's sleeper i don't know if you saw that movie but they have the, the big orbs and yeah, i don't know so i bet that thing works so Lindsay does brain mapping where they actually they hook you put up the mic and, in front of your face and they see what you're what you're doing where you have anxiety and they can actually do pulses to change all of that yeah and it's been it's and i've watched it work it's pretty amazing so that thing probably is legit i mean for me, when you get up around the five hundred dollar mark, you're you're making something, right? This product is not just whatever. It's got you got to be doing something, otherwise you're not going to last long. I mean, for the the truth of the matter is, the brainwave thing is a big deal. I never I've heard of people mapping. I've actually never met anybody, so I'm I'm interested to talk to her about yeah, that. Yeah, she loves. Um, it. We should get her in the Colombian on sometime and have them talk to see you know if they can understand each other. <laughs> um, this is this is one of my favorite things. Scenic Eclipse is a yacht for 220 guests with a butler service and t- not one, but two helicopters, okay, and a spa, right? You can helicopter to the other side of the boat to, to get to in the get spa. A, get yeah. the spa. Uh, pretty, pretty insane. For intrepid guests, there is also a trip on a submarine capable of 1,000 feet. That came in the bag, the, the whole yacht? It's a the- certificate. Got it. It's a certificate. It's a certificate. Sarcophagus. Interesting. <laughs> there, you know, one thing one thing that was on there too that was that I thought was kind of cool was this concierge service um, that was ten thousand dollars to start. And basically these people in a nicest way possible say, We will come to your house and wipe your ass. I mean, anything you want, it's done. You you want to go to a restaurant that you can't get into, we will send one of our people there and we will verbatim quoted we will we will we will cozy up to them to get you that reservation so for people that are ultra rich or whatever you know when you go in to buy something for instance these people already have all your information have you seen this before i'm sure or no new people that had this or maybe you have it i don't know i mean you're you're getting up there now with the you know the years with all your your uh, your clientele clientele uh but you go in and basically you go i want that and then you leave. And these people, be interesting. Their motto is you only live once, but that's a, once is enough. Meaning like, that's you deep. know. It's deep. That's deep. It's deep. Almost like this. Dude, I got the f***ing flashbang <laughs> props for my quiet cosplay. These bitches are real as f- Look at this shit. It- <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all right so anyway i want to uh talk about this last thing uh for the day oh you know what one more thing i wanted to bring up before we go uh do too too much more because this i'm oh no andy we got your thing that's what we should do what? last. we'll start with this no, who, yeah. who do you got you can only pick one of those what do you got bob marley prince fred astaire biggie smalls no, that's not Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's uh, David Bowie. David Bowie. Michael Jackson. Biggie Small. Biggie Smalls. Michael Jackson. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi, Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix. Tupac. Queen. Queen. And Whitney and Houston. And Whitney Houston. Which one are you doing? You can only buy one ticket. You can only go, they're all playing the same night at Union Station. You can only go to one. 
Who are you going to? It's the same event, but you have to buy different tickets. <laughs> Andy, we <will laughs> just play along for God's sakes. No, it's not the same event. Okay. Well, you know when you go to Bonnaroo, you buy one ticket. You see, <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> this event is not right. happening. Is Andy, you don't get a ticket now, no uh, matter what. Other than Whitney care. Houston, all these people are dead. I'd go Jimi Hendrix. Really? Yep. It'd be a probably Jimi Hendrix for me. Maybe Prince. Oh man, probably Jimi Hendrix though. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I'm gonna say Prince, just because you get the you get the Hendrix guitar playing and all the other cool funky stuff, and and the you purple know? suede. I gotta say that a Bowie concert would be the most interesting, really, mm. only because it's got to be some sort of pageantry involved with it. You know what I mean, like colors and all yeah. that kind of fun. Or a Jackson, a Michael Jackson concert. I, I'm gonna go with Michael Jackson, I, I, and I'm not gonna say like I want to see mid Michael, uh, but you know right after. Billy Jean and the Moonwalk. I want to watch that Michael concert. A street cred wants me to go see Tupac, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I could do it. I mean, if you, you were watching, you, you want Thriller Michael? Yes, pre bad Michael. Yeah. yeah. What whatever was after Billy Jean? Well, that, I mean, Thriller was Billy Jean, so that's 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 the album that had Billy Jean on. Okay. After, the one after that was bad. That's when he was. That was bad, bad yeah. and I didn't like it. What was yeah. it called? Bad. Bad. No, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to take my freaking total recall. I'm going to take one from you. How does that make you feel? You don't care. Nobody, I think it's total recall. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody, <laughs> nobody gives a shit. Yeah. All right, so Andy, uh, Andy is, is uh, we've got a special treat for you guys tonight. There have been numerous artists, numerous, 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 numerous artists over since this, since 1968. Who have made records that you never would have thought made a record? Yeah, right. Um, so, who is the first one on the list? And and, and so I want to know. I'm gonna pl- we're gonna play the song, mm-hmm. and you're gonna tell me who this artist is. Okay, you want to hear it? Yeah. It's queuing up. Here all it right, comes. All right. This is so funny. I was alone, I took a ride, I didn't know what I would find there. Another road. Joe Pesci. Holy shit, are you kidding me? Is it? Yeah, it is. How did you know that? That's a freaking voice. Who else got a voice like that? (laughs) The the two youths. Turn it off, or we won't be able to use this. Holy cow! Are you kidding me? And you know, and he was, um, which which I didn't know when I saw what's what's the uh, musical, uh, the Jersey Boys. I had no idea that he and Frankie Valli were like they grew up together. And so Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci was like all part of that whole group at the beginning. So it just made sense that he would like. Did he find that record? Did he perform on Broadway? No, but Joe Pesci is actually a character in in the the Jersey Boys. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's what you're saying. Yeah. God, I saw that too. Yeah. 1998 in New Jersey. Don't even ask me what I was doing there. (laughs) Why was I there? You don't know. False memories. You don't even know. You got another one? 
Well, there's a few. Yeah, I got the other one too. Yeah. I mean, are you going to talk about all of them, or do you want? No, I want you. I, I mean, I'm letting you take it. Take it. I only one. I only looked up the two. My two favorite ones. Well, that's fine. You I got the paper. The well, just play the other. Uh, one. Okay. All right. You, so the, see if you can figure out who this is. Okay. I, I got. I think. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think David's going to know what this is. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Action! Camera! Check your chat. Holy yeah. God! I knew it. I knew how he was going to get it. How, how do you know that one? I have no... But, uh, it just sounds like, hoi, ho, ho. Yeah, it just like, it could be Jet Li. It could be freaking a thousand people. He did it. He yeah. did it. Man, he is good at this game. He actually has a pretty extensive discography. But. Yeah. I thought you were going to pull up a good uh, Bill Shatner. He's got He's got a good album. He does. He's got oh, a good Oh, dude. Do you, yeah. you have any Bill Shatner that you can pull up? <laughs> Some of these are really good. Uh, I mean, you got, because we were going to talk about Billy, Ray, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, well, my God. And his oh. stuff. Oh, the other, the other uh, really good one is uh, Telly Savalas. Tilly yeah. Savalas has got a serious album. <laughs> <laughs> Tilly Savalas. Uh, I'm I'd rather listen to the guy that played Columbo. What was uh, his name? Peter Falls. Yeah, I'd rather listen to that record. <laughs> I like this game. We can do this. I, buddy, all night long, right? <laughs> the only problem is we're going to get in trouble for playing these songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course well, I don't think so. I don't think anybody has the rights to these. Uh, you, you wait, yeah, wait till on Jackie Facebook himself. Central. You're right. owing somebody three pennies. Oh, for three six cents. Well, no, they just they stop your feed. You know, they just do that kind of stuff. It's not. That's why, like Joe Rogan, won't even play anything anymore. Somebody's like, bring it up, bring it. It's like, no, screw it. Just talk about it. Shut your mouth, <laughs> trolls. What was the Billy Bob? Uh, the one that I that was in, most interesting to me that I actually got to be in the room while it was while he was on stage was uh, Johnny Depp has a band yeah. and I was out in I was out in San Diego I think it was and he he just had God this is 80s for sure right yeah, 100% this is 80s classic Oh yeah Oh, this, oh come on give me a hard one oh, I I was I was going to quiz you on this one But we were yeah. just we were talking about it earlier yeah. Oh is that Eddie Murphy and who produced this one Oh, that's a Rick, oh. Rick James. Yeah, it is Rick James. Yeah, sounds like a new opening for the Weaver. The Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> How valid Pretty silly stuff, man. You better be careful. It's going behind your commercial. <laughs> Who was, uh, was that? Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie yeah, Murphy. yeah. Party, girl, all, party all the time. Party all the time. Yeah. My girl likes. But I to. think he had a good voice. Yeah, he's had a fine voice. Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't well, even he, know it was Eddie Murphy. Yeah, a lot of times you, you get these guys that do are so good at doing impressions. Yeah. Right. They, they actually have pretty decent voices so who is the who is the coolest stand-up you've ever seen i you know not very many you haven't gone very much oh yeah i mean well okay i, I thought you meant like 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 headline stand-up no just like in general is there anybody that we, or, or that's kind of popular in the sense that you I were mean, like 100 percent. my my guy is uh sebastian maliscalco I, I mean hands down he is my my favorite comedian I, I literally listen to him on Spotify when I'm working out. I know who he is. Who yeah. is he? Kind of Italian guy, slip yeah, back hair dude. Kind of Italian. Well, he's very Italian. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's like Michael Cervelli is a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Is what he is. He's good. I like him a yeah. lot. No kidding. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's amazing. And, and just growing up Italian, it's like 
it just it just cracks me up because it's like everything my whole life growing up so yeah he's very very funny and we we saw him uh christine took me to see him a couple of years ago uh at t-pac yeah i gotta i gotta look this guy up yeah who's your favorite comedian i don't know this is some good background music to watch this you have no no good comedian. let's just we'll just can i'll you, just make can you, you guess one. this one Oh, I know this. I got nothing. Who's this? That is Steven Seagal. Oh, Holy wow. yeah. God. That is Steven Seagal? Yeah, wow. that's Steven Seagal. Not bad. It's not a bad song. It's not bad. It's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of like Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. That's kind of, right. right. It's, a, it's an yeah. acoustic record. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not getting shut down because of Steven Seagal. So. No, no, we will not. <laughs> he might come kick your ass. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, and he, Andy was talking about all the shitty movies that he had to make over the last freaking 15 years. It was because of the mob. Do you? Did you know that story? Something, yeah. Yeah, the, he, the mob had him for like three movies and he tried to back out on it and they cut his fingers off. So now his real hand in the movie is some kind of weird hand, like graphic. You, you know, it's not true at all. It didn't even happen. Not one iota. Wow. But the mob thing's true. Got it. Uh, my favorite comedian is probably Nate Bargetsy. Nice. And he lives here in town, yeah, he's right? he's a Tennessee guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a Nashville guy. You never heard of Nate? I, I, I don't know people's names. I got Yeah, Nate's this. really great. Yeah, he's I'm a fan of him. I mean, all three of you guys are just like, oh, Nate, oh, good old Nate. Yeah. I, I'm or, still or, listening uh, to Eddie Murphy or brawl. Chris Weaver, I laugh at him all the time. It's pretty it's funny. Isn't not it? on, he's not, not on purpose. Not on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Don't let, don't try to beat me to the punch, sir. That only happens once a show. Wow. That's Baker Mayfield saw a UFO, and now everybody in the NFL is making fun of him. It's pretty funny. I mean, what else is new? They've been making fun of him for years. I know, right? It's a, Tom Brady even got in on it, but he saw a UFO, and he says that now that the State Department's uh, come out and pretty much said that they exist, that he feels vindicated. Vindicated. Have you seen this stuff? I wish I could bring it up, but have you seen what the Pentagon yeah, yeah. let loose? No. Yep. Does it matter to you? I don't know. Yeah. It, it, uh, See, this is a good question. That yeah. People, you know what I'm saying? Like, does it matter to you? The the government's pretty much come out and said we're talking to aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think it's 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 cool if it does exist. You know, yeah, I, I go into like a whole spiritual thing about it, right? You know, because I, I was raised Catholic, but I'm not Catholic anymore. I'm Christian now, and it, it, you know, you, you're you're kind of raised with this, you know, you know this almost egocentric that you know this is the only the world this, this right. is a this is the planet that god created and the humans and there's nobody like us anywhere else in the you i mean universe. obviously nobody could be creating this kind of art <laughs> i think i found one more we might laugh at <laughs> nobody could be creating this kind of is art this from the, the aliens <laughs> can you guess this one He could rhyme. Really good. Macaulay Culkin. That is Crispin Glover with his number one hit, Clowny Clown Clown. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Crispin Glover. Yes. I mean, that's the nerdy guy in Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that played Marty McFly's no dad. That, that's Crispin Glover. Glover. Yeah. 
some soup, but he got worse. It asked for its purse. It got it, but it was empty. That's when he really started to take <laughs> off. Uh, I mean, it really starts off slow, and it just gets a lot slower. So it just so it's like, really creeps to a halt. Clowny clown clown. So, Crispin Glover. There's a guy that is in move currently in movies that has his whole, you know, what I'm talking about has his whole look with the with the, I mean, it looks like him. He could play him in a movie, Crispin Glover. You know, what I'm talking about that looks. See, I, why do I even try to get into stories where I know I'm not going to get to the end? But it just I'm going there anyway. <laughs> Screw it. I don't give a shit yeah. what anybody thinks. Yeah, he and his dad, Danny. Danny Glover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I t- whoever did the dentistry job with Danny Glover nowadays, yeah. uh, I want to go to that guy, huh? Must have been a horse dentist. A horse <laughs> All dentist. right, so here's a qu- question for Andy: Danny Glover's son, name of the band? Oh, I don't know. It's not. Uh, um, it's not. Uh, what's his name? Ronald the cri- Glover. The Crispins. No, no, I don't know, man. Oh my goodness, Living Color. Oh, it is, yeah. isn't it? Cult I didn't of, know cult, that. Cult, cult, cult of personality. Yeah, Corey Glover is the lead singer. I did not know that. Yeah. Cult of personality or in oh cult. cult of personality was the band on in Living Color. No, no, no. Cult of personality was a big hit of a, from a band called Living Color, not in Living yeah. Color, oh, the TV show. Living Color. Living Color was the name of the band. Um, S- and, and Cindy Lauper and Danny, Danny, <laughs> Danny Glover and Cindy Lauper's yeah, love great child. Group, yeah. Great group. Yeah, Corey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Cindy Lauper. Has she performed for you recently? Uh, no, not since you know that thing that she did first in New York, probably six years ago. wasn't bad. Yeah. I tell you, who kicked ass? That was cool to watch from uh, up close. Was uh, what's the come to my window? Melissa uh, Etheridge. Yes, Etheridge. that was. She is a good. I, I would. I'd pay to see her play. We did one recently with uh, Wyclef Jean. Oh, really? That was that was very cool. It was an in home, you know. Deal, but he was yeah, he was amazing. It was just just him and an acoustic guitar. Who was the coolest that you've worked? You know, the one, top three that you've worked with this past year. Uh, Wyclef. Um, I've worked with Michael McDonald like three times in the last year, and that's that's just like a, a dream. A, yeah, a dream for me to to work with him. And then you know the Chris Weaver band always, <laughs> which didn't work for him, but one time last year only because only because. Anyway, but you know, and then. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> Of course, Sinbad, you know, and so... Oh, man, can we get... You gotta come any, on with Sinbad one time. Any update on him? Is yeah, he doing he's, okay? He's... he's it's, 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 it's a slow right yeah. road back, yeah. What what happened? Yeah, um, Like three days after he did the last show for us, he, he had a he had a stroke. Yeah, so he's he's been... And so you have, have a stroke in the middle of COVID where your family can't yeah. be near you and in the hospital wow. and then through rehab. So, you know, I, I keep in touch with his assistant uh, often and... Uh, you know they keep like a uh, he's got an iPad next to him and his his family keeps an iPad open all day long so they so they just like act like he's home and just walk by the iPad hi dad but and so they oh, can wow. you know, communicate that way but it's gonna it's gonna take a take a minute but you know he's a Andy, strong dude hold off for a second <laughs> what what, what <laughs> Oh, is that coming through the? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is, it, is that Bruce? I'm Willis? like, I'm trying to talk to. Yeah, We're sitting here was. talking about this. I didn't know. You, I'm sorry. I forgot it was going through there. Because I'm monitoring on the other side. So Sinbad, how's it doing? You're coming in through the sorry. stage. That's not going through. That's not piping out. I, no, I don't I care. It is what it is. Sorry, David. I that apologize. That was my fault. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, so is 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 it, was it got that? You're like Bruce Willis. <laughs> was that Bruce Willis? <laughs> was wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> who did not do a record? Do you know who? He just, did do a record. Frankie, uh, Frank, 
His album was called Things That Don't Kill You Make You Stronger. No, I believe he did a record. Yeah. I'm saying who hasn't? I oh, mean, yeah. at this point in time, John Schneider, what a an amazing talent. So many records. He's done many. He's done like Christmas I, albums, the best, I've, I've the bought, best of his Christmas albums. I bought all his record. Yeah. Uh, but, David Soul, that's another one. He had actually had a big hit. Stars, who? Starsky and Hutch, you know. Uh, oh, my Hutch. God. The original? Yeah, the original. The um, David Soul was the, the blonde guy that played Hutch, and he had a he had a really big hit in the 70s called Don't Give Up on Us, Baby. It was a big one. You know, it would be cool if Titan Motoring could get a Starsky and Hutch, one of those guys, before they pass away. How cool that would be. That would be awesome. Paul Michael Glacier. He was a cool one. Yeah, let's get him. Is he still alive? Mm-hmm. So you got few t- clocks ticking. <laughs> Walks ticking. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, I don't want to go into the CNN thing tonight. I think this is a high note. That that we'll save that for le- next time. It. Did you know? Do you know about this CNN thing? You know so, about something it. Something about Ted Turner. No. Oh. Okay. Maybe we should do it. Screw it. What else you got to do? Nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can you stick around? You want to do it real quick? Yeah, I'm good. All right. So basically, what has happened is this this guy that Project Veritas sent somebody in to work for CNN. And they hired her, and she goes in and just basically films everybody. Now, I don't. Obviously, politics aside, I don't. It, it, the election's over. All that kind of stuff is what it is. This guy basically says all the stuff that you shouldn't say out loud to anybody ever, oh, right? Yeah. Um, and where, where's my where's my sheet? And so he, he says it. So my my, I just have a couple of questions as far as in general how you feel about how you get your news and if you if it's even worth watching any of the major news networks anymore especially networks that have to go on the 24 hour news cycle so here this is where he starts talking about we got trump out cnn his whole goal is to get Trump out of office. I think, I, I think we got him through this term. We would always hear shots of him jogging. Him and Aviator Shades and like, a, like you paint him as a young geriatric. Look what we did. We got Trump out. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe it. That if it wasn't for saying that, I don't know that Trump would have got voted out. Right, so... Okay, so you got the Fox thing and you got the CNN thing. You go back and forth. Who sure. cares, right? So now you you look at Fox though during this. If you if you think about the yin and yang of this, you have CNN who basically is saying, "This is what we were trying to do." Mm-hmm. A young geriatric, which is just to me is one of the funniest lines. I that that one I will start using from here on out. It's like a jumbo shrimp. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> so, but then you you listen to Fox and they're saying CNN's full of full of crap whatever and now you got to go okay yeah you're right this isn't right so now to me fox does the same thing when they get on a rant or or put something down your throat right so now you find people like tim scott and anomaly and and some of these big youtube facebook guys that will basically take a story off of the wherever and give their opinion and people are sharing it thousands you know, thousands and thousands and thousands. And they're getting on, Tim Scott's become a pundit on different news networks, you know. Um, most people would say, if I, I'm going to ask this question. Number one, does that surprise you? Number two, does that, do you still look at, at, at these Fox, CNN, MSNBC and get your news? Yeah, uh, no, it doesn't surprise me. Um, 
and yeah, I'll, I, I, I look at really all of them and it's, it's really about trying to figure out where, where the, where the truth is, because I don't, I don't really believe really any, anybody anymore, but, uh, I, I also don't believe in, you know, somebody just kind of giving their opinion and then, then everybody in the world latches onto that. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think we have such a sheep mentality as a, as a society that we, we, we lock into, oh, I'm a Christian and I'm a Republican, so therefore I must watch Fox News and believe everything they say. Or I'm you know liberal and I'm a, I'm a Democrat, so therefore I must watch CNN and believe everything they say. And the, the truth, obviously, lies somewhere in between all of this. And so if you're not looking at all of it and, and forming your own opinion, you start to become part of the problem, right? That you're just perpetuating untruths and I, I see this on facebook on social media all the time people will say did you see this thing and you know did you see nike put out this you know, satanic shoe i'm you know and when, as soon as that came to me i'm like and snopes right right <laughs> and like no somebody took a nike shoe and put you know human blood and they're doing it right but nike is not marketing a devil shoe yet you know and it's like it's but it's 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 the way that people just grab a piece of information or some sort something they heard somebody say something and then they're just going to hang on to it and that becomes their gospel and they push it out so you know now more than ever we have to use our common sense and uh, but we also have to have before we can use our common sense we have to have ears to be able to hear both sides of it and then come come use our common sense to come to our own opinion i mean at this point in time the only way you could believe Fox and CNN is if they both came to the same conclusion and were saying the same thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And when which, I saw somebody on Fox News call out the president, when Shepard Smith, right, when he called out the president, I'm like, okay, all right. Something's wrong here. Okay, right. So there's something, something is actually happening here if Fox is actually calling the president out, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some, and I agree 100% with, with what you said. I mean, I think that there's some, a few good true reporters out there that actually will report unbiased information and that's just few it's rare right i mean it, it it's not what it was 20 right. years ago that's what you listened and they gave you the facts and that was it you know that's what the news did and that's just not the case anymore so you have to be smart and do your due diligence and listen to all the things and come to your own conclusions yeah, I think I think when Walter Cronkite was the yeah. guy was the guy, yeah. I don't think news was considered entertainment. Right? It wasn't. It was just it, you know, and I might be idealistic as I look back on that, but you think, you know, somebody like Walter Cronkite, he was the guy you trusted and he delivered the news straight up, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, that's and accurate. I, and I feel like everything is now, it, it's about ratings, right? You got, you got so many news channels and, and it's 24 hours and you have to get sponsors and to get sponsors, you have to have viewership. So to get viewership, you've got to be sensationalize things, right? So it becomes this ugly cycle. So even if you go into it, if you're Ted Turner and you go into this with the purest of heart and purest of motivation at some point to keep up with everybody else, Correct. You, you've you've got to start doing what everybody else does, or one up them to be able to be the most trusted, you know, news broadcast in, in in history, right? Which CNN touts or whatever. Well, he goes on to to he goes on to talk about the health scare uh, that Trump had when he had a shaking hand or something, and basically just said we made it up. 
I, I, I'll play it. I mean, yeah, I mean, like Trump, we did it. Like when Trump uh, was, uh, I, I don't know, like his hand was shaking or whatever. Like that, we brought in like so many medical people to like all tell a story that like it was all speculation that he was like neurological damage, like as it, that he was losing it, he's unfit to you know whatever. We were we were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about. You know, we were. So that's, that's, I think that's propaganda. You know? um, we had nothing else to run with at that time. We were like just taking shots off the bow, just hoping. <laughs> I mean, wow. how, how unemployed is that guy right now? So he, you cannot find right now what his employment status is with them. He took his, his uh, information off of LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, and they will not, nobody's commented on if he's been fired. So you, you, you I, I don't. I, I mean, I, the I bottom at, the bottom line yeah. is this got recorded, right? Mm-hmm. So, and but this is what's happening in the in. I don't think this is a rarity. Like these are these are the people that are behind the news these right. days, right? But I mean, so, it's, I mean it's, in it's, general, it's, it's kind of like the alien situation. We can all sit around and and say, look up at the stars and go, "There's no possible way we're the only things out here." It's is it different when you're told, literally, yes, this is this is how it works. There are aliens. Is it different that this guy is basically saying what you kind of already knew anyway? Because the issue becomes there are a huge amount. This guy's CNN is virtually changed the election. And so you whether you liked Trump or not, the direction of the country in this hundred days with with now up to 52 executive orders that have changed things, the, the issue with the border that was a big deal. The same things going on actually at, at a more exponential rate as far as the amount of people trying to come into the country, the amount of people that are actually in buildings down there. All that stuff's still going on, but no longer an issue, right? And and so they, whether you believe it or not, or whether you guys think you can filter out this, that, and the, there's a lot of people that just look at that and li- and that's their news source. That's where when you have an, uh, uh, when you're talking to somebody – and they're giving you information based and, and basing their opinion on something, they're getting it from CNN, right? You understand what I'm saying? So the, these are voters, these are people. So you're, that's the part that gets me about Fox and CNN or MSNBC, which really MSNBC and people like Rush Limbaugh and those kinds of guys, those, those to me are, that is what it is. You're left and it's right. Right. CNN and Fox are supposed to be this thing that is still supposed to be above that fray. Yeah, but we we know it's not. But but I mean, but when you look at you know who won in the Trump thing, yes, Trump Trump didn't get reelected. But I I would I would venture to say that as much as CNN was plotting and scheming to get Trump out, Fox was plotting and scheming to, to keep not, him in to, to not let Biden in. And right, sure. right, yeah. So you know, it's just like. Who did a better job at, at their manipulation? Right, is really what it came down to. And so, I it, it's the question is not whether Trump should have won or shouldn't have won. The question is the balance of life changed based on the fact of not reality, but of, of somebody that was basically playing us a movie that they created. Mm-hmm. And and so going forward, does that change? Does something? Does how does this change? Number one. And does it need to? Number two, I mean, does this does this need to change, or is this just the way it needs to be? Because it's becoming a mockery. 
it's just becoming a mockery. I mean, you realize that Arizona is still going through that the that the Supreme Court will not listen to this, and that the Circuit Court is letting the count still continue. There are still people that believe that Trump is going to be back in office by December. But it is a little bit weird that these audits are going on in Wisconsin, in Arizona. One got stopped in Pennsylvania, but they're going on. It's yeah. not a huge story, but it's happening. Yeah, but I, Chris, I, I would say we, we're seeing it now. Where our eyes are open, right? We have just where we're at with social media and everything. Right? We, we're exposed to so much more. But I would venture to say, was this growing on when we were kids? Right. Was there some level of it? And now, you know, we're just pulling back the curtain on the wizard a little bit and seeing what what's always been there. And it's you know, the thing that's disheartening about it is it just kind of we all start to just accept what it is and accept the fact that we can't really trust our news media we really can't trust politics right and 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 now in the last couple of years we got into a place do we really trust our neighbor right because yeah. you know they've got a trump thing signed in front of their house so we, yeah, we yeah. don't like them or they don't have a trump sign, whatever it is you know it's this you know as a society we've we've given up on just having discord with each other right and just to be at at, at, at um to be at odds with each other and just kind of dig our heels in I mean, I think it's it's super important. I mean, he even said, you know, this was propaganda. You know, that's what they were doing. I mean, that's that's scary, right? I mean, I mean, he that he ends on the next clip, which I won't go into, but he basically ends the next clip with saying, you know, fear sells. I mean, just you know, like sex sells, and we all know that. Whatever the case is, it's just, I just don't know that it changes anything. I think that sometimes you just look at it. it to me, it's like looking at the ice wall in Game of Thrones. You know, you, you, I, I, I've heard about it. I've traveled all this way to see it. And you look up and you're like, I'm not climbing that. You know, it, it is, it's just too there's big a, now. There's a little gate you can go through. Right, but that gate's frozen because Jon Snow finally ah, let that right, happen. That's right. That's wow, this right. just got too... I was trying to make a... It was a bad analogy. Bad analogy. Yeah. I, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, one thing I can say is that as long as you set your ex, uh, expectations extremely low, you will never uh, be uh, disappointed. And uh, that's what I believe is the way you should go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know what I mean? It's, it, 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 I don't know if you're joking or not. But, I'm joking, uh, but, but, but kind of not. But, but, but it's sad, right? Because we should be able to expect decency and you know, humanity out of people, and, and we don't. You know, I got to tell you, you know, you talk about Fox News, um, we had the absolute pleasure, you know, probably the greatest thing that we've had the opportunity to work on in the last decade is, you know, we got to produce the Selma Bridge Crossing. This oh, yeah. Year, the, right, the, the 56th annual um, or, or anniversary um, uh, jubilee celebration of the Selma Bridge Crossing. And it was a 24-hour broadcast. And we had, you know, we had the president on, the vice president, speaker, and, you know, all, all kinds of dignitaries and you know, it was just amazing to be a part of something that's so iconic and part of history. And it was, we were broadcasting it, uh, on, on the internet and on uh Sunday morning, we got contacted right before the actual bridge crossing ceremony, uh, by Fox news and said, you know, we, we want to carry your feed live, right? Fox news, right? Largest civil rights movement, you know, a largest civil rights event that happens annually in this country, right? 
And you think it wasn't, it wasn't CNN, it wasn't even MSNBC, but it was Fox News. And we're thinking, okay, okay, Fox. So we allowed them to carry our broadcast. And we had 300,000 people that were watching it. And it was amazing. And, and, and at first it was, it was, you know, some positive comments, but it quickly turned to incredibly negative comments, right? And, and, and just, again, drawing that line between, you know, if you believe in, if you believe that black lives matter, then you must believe that white lives don't matter or whatever. If you believe in black lives matter, then you're a racist. Right. And we're not a racist. Right. You're a racist. And it just became this ugly diatribe of all these people that, you know, just, you know, spewing hatred. And I'm just going, eh, so sad, so sad that we just can't look at something that's like, here's a, a beautiful commemoration of a really horrible black spot on, on, on the history as a, as a country and, and, um, and to be almost in the same place 56 years later is really scary. I, I can't say that we're in the same place as a country 56 years later. I mean, people, a handful of people spewing stuff. I mean, you can't, we're not doing the same things to black people now that we were then. And I'm not saying that, that so, we're as far as we need to be, but that, I think that let, let me, let, let me give you a little shed a little light. So, we pre-recorded the actual March segments and we pre-recorded those four weeks earlier than the actual March on, on bloody Sunday. So they shut down the Edmund Pettus bridge for us for six hours. I got out there at five 45 in the morning to meet the police as they were shutting the bridge down for us. As soon as the bridge was secure, they came in with bomb sniffing dogs to, to go over the entire bridge. And then as soon as they were done with that, they put drones up in the air to go rooftop to rooftop to check for snipers. We're just doing a commemorative march, right? But they're like, oh, KKK is still here, still in Selma. They know you're here this weekend. They know what you're doing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it, it was. So we're talking something that happened two and a half months ago that there's still a threat that if people just wanted to walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge on that day that the police had to check to make sure that there weren't snipers or there weren't bombs planted on the bridge to stop them. So right. I, I understand that, but you're, you're talking about, a uh, you're talking about because there's a big group of people putting on a presentation and the, the worry of somebody trying to make a point in front of a bunch of people is different than somebody just walking across the bridge and, and fit 60 years ago if they just if somebody was just walking across a bridge, somebody would just come and get them and take them away. Well, that well, Bloody Sunday was a large group of people walking across the bridge, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, and that, yeah, was seven hundred people. Right, but that, right. that's my point. Like the, back then, it was not a nobody cared if somebody. It, it was not a big deal, or to the community, or whatever the case is, if somebody just ran a truck, or whatever the case, you know, whatever the case is back then. I think it's a little bit different now, wouldn't you say? That that, that the same sentiment. If that would happen now that you would get the same sentiment that you did 60 years ago. You'd be surprised in, in some of those neighborhoods, the, the sentiment that you get from people. Well, I, I, I'm, I, see, this is, my, this is a problem yeah. I do have because I feel like we feel we, that human beings somehow should evolve uh, past to, to some sort of, uh, of unity and some sort of uh, semblance of where everybody just cares about everybody. It's never been, there's never been a time in history where 
every everybody just loved each other. There's, yeah, but I'm not talking about love, and I'm not talking about necessarily or just leaving unity. people I'm, alone. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about respect. Right, right. Respect. But that's never happened. Sure. There, that's, there's never been any place in the world where some group, where, where groups just all got along. It's it, there's always going to be people that hate other people and just for forever. I mean, people. Did you, you can't, see the documentary, The Truman Show? The documentary? The Truman Show. All those people there, they loved each other very You're much. You're out of your freaking mind. I was like, are you joking <laughs> me right now? The document. But I mean, I'm serious. Like, we, yeah. we, you can't. The thing about low expectations is I, I, I believe that a majority of, the, of people do respect. But, but because the people that are the loudest are the dumbest, usually, in the room, you know what I'm saying. These are you didn't anybody giving that kind of rhetoric. I would not talk to these people. Need to be heard because nobody will listen to them. So they take they take those opportunities when they can, and they do it when as many people as they can. Because you would never do that. Anybody with any sense, even if they felt that way, if you had any brains, you don't. You it's something you keep to yourself, and you just keep it. But the people that want to yell it out and and tell everybody are usually not the smartest people you've ever met. Well, yeah, I, I think that's a, a that's a pretty broad characterization because I think there's a lot of people that see so much injustice and and an injustice that you and I, you know, have never really experienced because of the fact that we're both, you know, incredibly good looking middle aged white men. <laughs> um, but. But but seriously, but but I mean, there are a lot of people that see injustice all the time that we just don't notice, right? We just can't fathom. And I think at some point, there becomes a breaking point where people are like, "I can't, can't not say anything anymore. I can't keep my mouth shut. I can't just stand quiet and watch this happen one more time, right?" And so, you know, for for me, as when it comes to social justice, this has been a a huge topic for me because as a white man that lived in Los Angeles for 45 years and then came to Nashville, you know, I'd never experienced segregation and racism the way I've seen it here in the city because I've never been in the South and the deeper you go into the South, it's still there. So, you know, it was very, and I, I, I'm as, as transparent and straight up as I sure. possibly can. When I was in LA and I would see things on the news that, you know, I would have exactly your your thought process. Oh, they're making a big deal of it. Is it really that bad? Blah blah. blah. I've got black friends. I right. But then you get down and you start talking to some of the people that just live in some of the deeper systemic things that happen in this this country, and you go, okay, shit, yeah, that's that's for real. That's not something that my eyes have ever been open to. And so now I think over the last three or four years, this has become something that I've opened my eyes to specifically here in Nashville with the Nashville peacemakers and other organizations I work with, but then, you know, working with Selma and just hearing some of the stories down there, it is a real thing. And so that, so to open up their mouths and to say things and, and be loud is because they're just tired of people not hearing. Right. So let me, let me be clear here. Okay. We're not, I'm not talking about those people. I'm you're, you're, I, I want to, I want to. I'm talking about the Fox people. Oh, you know sure. the, the 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 ultra conservative right, for instance. That maybe yeah. if 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 I'm understanding exactly what what you were saying, my my point is this: that this idea that we're different, we're not any different sixty years than we were sixty years ago. I don't even think numerically and statistically is is correct. Now, statistics don't matter when you're talking about feelings, right? So. 
my point is you can't stop those people from telling somebody that they don't understand how they should feel. Mm-hmm. The rest of us understand what you just said, which is I can't be black. I won't, wasn't born in the South. I don't know what that life is like. You, you deserve, if you feel like this is what you have to do, then this is what you have to do or say what you, whatever right. the case is. The writing, all that kind of stuff, the Antifa stuff that's the opposite of whatever you want to say. Right. People that start taking on the cause that don't understand those types of people, you can't stop this stuff. Sure. The anarchists that just attach themselves to what other Correct. side. Those but, are the idiots that right. need to yell loud because nobody else will listen to what they have to say. Right. Not not the Selma people, not people that are, maybe want to help and do it in the way you do, which is you're going to take on a project or something that's actually going to make a difference and, and right. people are going to see it. It's going to affect people in a, in a positive way. That's the part that I get a little bit upset about in the sense that Let's stop focusing on the people that are being that are saying ridiculous things that, you know, that don't make any sense. But once you do, going back to the entertainment part of news, there is no news. Right. You there's always you know, you you got to have good without without bad. You can't have good. Right. And that's going to always exist. Sure, But good good always comes in the last four seconds of the news broadcast. That's what I tell all my girlfriends that I've ever had in the last whatever. Oh, wow. That was a little much. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> apologize. Uh, David Fischette, thank you. Oh, thank you, my brother. Uh, this is, uh, I, I hope I do get to work with you again. I mean, the, the sets look amazing, and I'm really excited about the future of the technology for sure. But it's definitely interesting to see how far you guys have come. Pretty neat. Cool. And I'm, I'm trying That's to talk him into putting some green screens down at the Titan. I'm ready to go. I was going to play your commercial tonight, but it was, it was I'm, I'm too scared to play without the music correct uh andy love you love you uh we'll be at grafton west virginia next week uh, and we're doing it remote remote with old pops in the house you can come over and hang out with him he's going to do it from here if you want nice. i've always wanted to get dad on the show that's fun yeah it's going to be fun mom uh when she drinks a lot she's super fun did you say right. when <laughs> so anyway uh, <laughs> all right we'll be back this is how valid is the validity uh make sure you check it out wherever you get your podcast tell please share and everything like that and uh in the podcast world we're, we'll see you next week uh from uh, nashville tennessee bye now What good was that old building? Not much, really. A natural history museum occupied the second floor, but that was about it. The state owned the old place. Finally, the legislature decided to get rid of it and demolish the building itself, sell the recoverable materials for scrap, auction the land off to developers. Aha, the land. That's what counted here. Maybe $150,000 worth of land, considering its prime location. But then some number cruncher came up in the state capitol weighing the cost of demolition against the value of the real estate and calculated that the best way to handle the deal would be to offer the land, building and all, to the city at a discount. The hope was that the city council would take the bait before they had time to think about it. The price tag was $70,000. The city went for it. The city went for it. Now the city is stuck with it. And they sat on it for a dozen years. When the museum relocated, the townsfolk got worried. The old building needed repairs, perhaps even complete renovation. 
Once more, there was talk of demolition. In any case, the scrap, the rotten rafters and near worthless other materials, must be removed and disposed of, so the city arranged to have this done. The scrap metal was offered to a foundry man named John Wilbank, who by written agreement would be charged only $400 for it. He could melt the metal down and reuse it, do whatever foundrymen do. The only requirement was that he pay the cost of hauling it away. Well, John Wilbank, eager for a city contract, signed the agreement and then discovered his mistake. The cost of hauling that hunk of scrap away exceeded its value. The city, he now was certain, had purposely cheated him. So he reneged. The city council, fully aware that they had come out ahead in the bargain, sued Wilbank for breach of contract. So now what? What do you do? Do you fight City Hall? Now John knew he had been beaten. But how was he going to be able to get out of this gracefully and still avoid having to haul away that, that, that blankety-blank scrap? Well, I'm going to tell you what he did. He paid for the scrap metal, and he paid the court costs, and then he presented the junk to the city as a gift. <laughs> and he walked away. And there the junk sits to this day, right there in the same building, which incidentally was renovated by the city. For some unwanted things simply cost less to keep than they do to get rid of. So instead of demolishing the old state house and its worthless contents in 1816, the Pennsylvania legislature sold it to the city of Philadelphia. Then 12 years later in 1828, instead of paying to have that load of heavy scrap metal carried away, instead of paying to have that heavy scrap metal carried away, the city of Philadelphia reluctantly left it right where it was, just a big hunk of junk that nobody wanted. A big hunk of junk called the Liberty Bell? The Liberty Bell. Only now.